You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your guaranteed authentic tickets from theticketking.com, a longtime trusted source and local Green Bay business. Just go to PackersTalk.com slash tickets for more information and ticket links. That's PackersTalk.com slash tickets. Coming off a loss to the Minnesota Vikings, 24-10. 24-10, you're saying? Well, yeah, that's the same score that the Wisconsin Badgers lost to the Ohio State Buckeyes on Saturday. So for me and Dave, it was back-to-back 24-10 disappointments. And, 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 and Dave, it's times like these that I have to turn to the works of the greatest philosophers of our time. And I don't think there's any greater philosopher or actually kind of a school of philosophers than the talking heads. Um, Now, you're probably saying talking heads. That's that's kind of a deep dive. Well, they reunited this week on uh, the Stephen Colbert show. Um, Surprisingly, uh, they've gotten a lot older. The rest of us have stayed pretty much the same, but talking heads have gotten a lot older. And that sent me back this week, Dave, looking into my favorite talking head songs. And there is no song by the talking heads I like better than Girlfriend is Better. And that captures, there's a thought in this song that I think is for Packers fans. It was written in the early 1980s. A dark time for Packer fans, so it's probably appropriate. And this is what the song says, Dave. No need to worry. Everything's under control. Of course, they also say in the same song, we're being taken for a ride again. So <laughs> I guess we could we could probably go either way on that. But perhaps perhaps we need to lean into the greatness of the talking heads. No need to worry. Everything's under control. But that's not what I'm hearing, and I don't think that's what you're hearing either, Dave. <laughs> I'm not hearing that. No. No, no. <laughs> we said this is a reset season. Uh, it's We want to just see how love is. We're seven games in, and, and it, the whole thing needs to be taken apart, apparently. I guess so. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So you said you were listening to uh, uh, Bart Winkler, right, and his uh, his cast of uh, – Microsurgeons and intellectuals that listen Misfit to Misfit toys, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I listened to Andy Herman's podcast. Oh, uh, boy. Know, I you, did, too. Woo. Yeah. Woo. I, think, I think I'm still singed from uh, listening to that. Ouch. Yeah. But it's, Peter Bukowski uh, was no, uh, you know, better. I mean, all these guys are, you know, had enough. Well, the thing is, okay, so I listened to all that, and, you know, it is, it's a, it, you know, who's to blame, right? And so everyone who calls in or everyone, you know, I guess Andy Herman did a good job of saying, look, it's not just one thing. It's a, it's a thousand things, right? Um, but, you know, it's funny on the Winkler show, 
Joe Barry. It's Joe Barry. You know, it's Jordan Love. No, Jordan Love's not that bad. It's the receivers they can't catch. You're like, no, it's the line. The line can't block. No, it's the floor. The floor can't hey, fall. Absolutely. AJ Dillon, you know, it goes on and on. Uh, on. It's, it's Goody. You're missing it. It's Goody's the problem. Goody, that's right, Goody. It's good. It's all well, and so I had to step back and and say, look, this die was cast a long time ago. And I just want to go down a trip down memory lane a little bit. Oh, good. I love this. I love memory lane. Bring it all together of exactly what 2023, you know, how this all happened, right? So yep. Yep. I think, you know, because this didn't this isn't just like, how did this just happen? How did we get to be two and five? And <laughs> arguably, there's a great meme um, of it shows Bart Simpson uh, like depressed and it says uh, the Broncos are the worst team in the league. And then Homer comes up and says, was the worst team in the league. And uh, I think that's the point being is that I think the Packers are arguably the worst team in the NFL right now. Right. Sure, and sure. well, th- there, there are people that are saying that very thing. One game away from the top draft choice. Yeah. I, and, and they, there's nothing that is going well, right? The offensive line, the running backs, the quarterback, the wide receivers, the special teams, Everything. both returning and defending. I think defensively is a complete disappointment. I mean, there is, I don't like, I think Herman tried to like, okay, what, what went well? And I guess he pulled out his number one was that, uh, let's see. Um, uh, TJ Slayton had a good game. It's like, yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> TJ Slayton had a whale of a game, you know, and even at the fourth quarter, I think he had a tackle and that guy was given, uh, given it the business a little bit. And I thought, well, <laughs> we really are scraping the bottom, but you know, go, for, go for it, TJ. Exactly. Um, so I guess we, if this all, but this, this was all set way ahead of time. And part of it, it's not anyone's fault. Some of it is mismanagement, but I think you got to go back Work with me here, Chris. Got to go back to Ted Thompson. Oh, boy. Ted Thompson came in. That's the late Ted Thompson, by the way. I know. I know. I want to remind you about that. Who, you know, he came from Ron Wolf. Ron Wolf created the Packers by doing a mix of things. He would draft. He traded. He traded for Brett Favre. He traded for Amon Green. He he signed free agents. Um, he, you know, Eugene Robinson and Desmond Howard, and, you know, he used everything he could to build, you know, kind of a complete team, but Ted Thompson came in and his approach was very limited, not zero, but very limited, uh, free agents. Um, and, but mostly you build and, and keep your own, you know, like you, the free agent signings you have is re-signing your own. And, uh, they won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers fell, you know, to, what was it? 20, what, 14, 18, 20, what, what round I was thought, he? I, th- I thought it was first round, but I, I thought it was number 21, but you know, yeah, I thought it was in the twenties, but yeah, he, he, and, and it turned out Rogers was, you know, uh, once in a generational talent yeah. and uh, kept us competitive, you know, for years and years and years. Yep. And that created, and we won a super bowl. Uh, there were also good draft picks, you know, um, mm-hmm. Clay Matthews and, you know, oh, yeah. Jordy Nelson, Greg Jenny. I mean, good oh, yeah. draft picks. We had good. There teams. were a lot of there were a lot of good draft choices. Yep, yep. Um, still, you know, we use some free agents and things like that. But then uh, you bring. But then over time, Ted Thompson, for whatever reason, whether it was you know he changed or, um, you know he uh, you know as he got ill, I, I don't really know. But they sort of like went away from really doing any moves other than draft and develop, and that was all they did. And you know what? That was okay. They were they were making 
they were 13 and three for many couple years, few years, three years in a row. And, and we're making NFC championships. I mean, this was, they were a good and in, in the conversation team every single year. Why would you break that methodology? So, you know, when Ted Thompson needs to, you know, um, retire, um, Gutekinds, you know, they hire a protege of his and it's not Ron Wolf's son or anyone else. It's, it's good against, you know, someone who Mark Murphy probably can control and uh, doesn't get out of hand. It's someone that they can kind of work with. And, and maybe that's OK. You want to have an organization that works well together. So in comes Goody, who then furthers the the process of really only draft and develop, sign limited free agents, don't give away your draft picks, load up on a lot of seventh rounders if you can. Um, no trading, no free agents, don't you know, sign your own. Um, which then led to, you know, still very competitive teams. Uh, but then we get a year where it doesn't go so well. They fire McCarthy. Uh, they bring in, you know, a coach who, you know, is, I, I don't know what you say was, is proven commodity at all. I mean, he came from a tree that they liked. Um, but you know, he really had limited success at that point. You couldn't say he was a hot commodity, yeah, but he, he was, came, he was young and unproven. I, I would say. Yeah. And, you know, again, I think it's sort of like, hey, this is someone we can control. You know, Mark Murphy said, let this is how I'm going to set this up is I'm going to have, you know, ball and the floor and good because you all report to me. So, you know, I can make sure it all works out. That's kind of weird. Why won't the coach report to the GM? Well, it is it a power grab? Is it something else going? I don't know. But it's it's, you know, let's keep the kind of the train rolling. And uh, because everything's working out successful, Green Bay is growing as a community and as a Disneyland like place like it's all great. It's all great. <laughs> so let's get LaFleur. Let's not shake things up. Let's be a nice community team. Keep going. Well, then Rogers starts to decline. And this brain trust here decides to make their move. They're going to make their Ron Wolf, their Ted Thompson. And that is Jordan Love. They drafted Jordan Love in a draft that they did not need to draft a quarterback yet. They could have, I don't know who the Jordan Love would have been the year after or the year after that, but certainly as we're finding that Jordan Love wasn't so great that you just couldn't afford to miss out when you were right. yep. just that close to winning a Super Bowl in those years. But they decided they were they they knew what they were doing. Uh, there is no one in the room really probably to tell them not to do it, but they decided Jordan Love is our guy. We're gonna put all of our chips in with moving on to the next, next quarterback, you know, relatively soon. Well, then what happens is Rogers says, screw you. I'm going to play lights out. I'm going to be an MVP. In fact, I'm going to be MVP two years in a row. So now they're stuck. They, they made this move and what, and they, they don't commit to staying, you know, with the plan of, of love, which we would, you know, find out maybe quicker if he was the guy or not, they decide to keep love, keep paying Rogers you know, kind of go all in as Rogers is declining. They put a big contract on, on Bakhtiari uh, and, you know, Aaron Jones and Jair Alexander, they're still spending their money. That's the Ted Thompson way. Um, and uh, so they are continuing the process of not building a complete team with veterans and things like that. They're constantly the youngest team, except for the guys that they keep signing. Um, so you're continually getting younger, younger, and younger. And now, it's time for Aaron Rodgers to go. So what do you have now at the end of this puzzle is you have Jordan Love, who you're not sure is any good, but he's the guy you committed to surrounded by a team full of rookies because that's the process that you stuck to coached by a coach that has really, you know, not proven himself other than winning with Aaron Rodgers, which, you know, in hindsight, now we we're hearing all these changes 
calls at the line of scrimmage, um, you know, might have been uh, something that was necessary. So um, you have a, a cocktail of putting this offense together that either, you know, Jordan Love had to be great. Jordan Love had to be Patrick Mahomes really for this to work for this transition because you didn't have a coach that could overcome this. You don't have a team around the quarterback and the quarterback. He's not very good is just going to sink. And then you add on top of that further compounding. The problem is you get a defensive coordinator who also the coach feels comfortable with, who has really, I think of all the things to really put your finger on. I think his scheme when it comes to coaching really is abysmal and a problem. I think I, I'm watching with the way they play off their def, off uh, receivers and things down the field. And it's just embarrassing what they're doing. Although they, you know, I don't think they've given up a massive amount of points. It still is, I think an awful system. You add a really bad defense to a team of defensive first picks that you've drafted over and over. Um, this is what you got. You know, this is, and no one should be surprised that this happened. You should have seen this Every step of the way, you had an unproven quarterback, an unproven coach. You had a system, I think, that was flawed. And it was only held together, I think, unfortunately, and I'm figuring now is, is you know, Rodgers in his prime was able to cover up a lot of sins. This is where we are. So it's, it is, it's a mix of everything, but we have no one to blame but ourselves. So it's all coming at us. And uh, this is, this is here now. So um, now I didn't, I've been saying forever, you could say, you know, I, at the beginning of the season, I was somewhat optimistic. I was hoping love would be good. Um, but I've been complaining about the Ted Thompson way for a while. So I'm not like, you know, Johnny come lately on this. Um, and that's uh, why that's my assessment. So what is the problem? It is the quarterback. It is the receivers. It is the line. It's the defense. It's all, but it, it's, but it, it starts much earlier than that. This was all coming together to come to this point. And I think, I think, and this is probably what you're going to laugh at. Is that you know if love doesn't work out, then the whole thing collapses. I think you got to go all the way up to Gutekinds at least, and hit the restart button. Uh, if 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 because love was your one shot, they put all their chips in with with that, and if that doesn't work, I think that group is done. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think that's what should happen. So and that's that my is assumption. Packers therapy. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, did you want to say anything? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't have anything to add. So that's it. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, let's let's unpack that a little bit. I mean, the, the, I don't find a lot wrong with that narrative, but let me try to restate um, a couple of of things, please. Um, so, what you're describing is not unusual in the NFL. What is unusual is that it usually happens. Um, after the reign of one Hall of Fame quarterback. And then that team, um, and I'm looking at you, New England Patriots, um, then craters after that, after they lose that guy. They right. they can't find their their footing. And it was one of our uh, listeners, I think it I think it might have been um, uh, Brad Elliott that mentioned this, you know, about he wrote to us and he commented that, you know, there's there's not a lot of coaches, you know, that are good without a really good quarterback. Yeah. And and I I think we're seeing that. And but this is not an uncommon scenario. What is uncommon is that the Packers have had back to back guys. And so we've all gotten used to the idea of the Packers being a perennial contender, a perennial Super Bowl. They're in that discussion, even on on years where I think maybe they don't really deserve to be in the conversation. They are because you have Brett Favre or you have Aaron Rodgers. 
they don't have that now. The other thing I would point out in your commentary, the reason they've gone so young this year, I think, besides the whole reset thing, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of truth in that. But I think an important reason why is because they mortgage their future in the salary cap, and they kind of have to go young and cheap because you know they're paying on Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari, who I, I guess had they known, had they had a crystal ball and said, you know, on New Year's Eve, um, it's not going to be a party because Bakhtiari is going to blow out his knee. And it's not just going to be an East come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's going it's, it's, it's to be, I don't know if it's the terrible triad or what the hell the guy's got going on in his knee, but he's just, he really, he really hasn't played since that time. I, I, I know he's played, he's seen the field, but he's been totally unpredictable. When he's played, he's been fine, but he's missed long stretches and he's not worth the money they paid. And had they known that was going to happen, I think it wasn't it like six weeks after he signed that deal or, or, or something that he's. It was short. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and they it's not like they, you know, gave that kind of money to a guy 34 years old or something. I mean, he he had good seasons left. And, and we can see the evidence of that, because when he has been able to play on those few occasions, he's been solid. But this is what happens when you lose back to back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And you've got so much money committed because you were trying really hard to hang on and to squeeze out every last drop of possible contention. But when that evaporates, when that's gone, this is what you're left with. And then we were kind of sucked in. And I, I, this might be a part of the reason why we're seeing the, the vicious backlash that we're seeing now. They look pretty good in the preseason. I mean, you and I were talking like, hey, you know. Yeah, I was, and, yeah there are parts I thought this could be interesting. I, yeah. Well, yeah, and I, th- I think we even said that on the podcast that we were doing in the preseason. But even though we cautioned people about, hey, this is only preseason, you know, I mean, if this is a case of physician heal thyself. You know, we, we kind of got sucked in. And then they came out in the first week and really, you know, handled the Bears. And though we said, well, you know, this is the Bears, you don't know. But then they look pretty good the next week. And after three games, they're two and one. And you're saying, well, you know, this isn't a great team, but, you know, this is looking pretty good. Last four games, not look pretty good. And so we're getting people now who seem to be surprised that they're not contending and that they somehow should be contending. No. I mean, I, you look at the roster, you look at the history and where they've come from and how they got to where they are right now. And anybody who thought they were going to contend this year is high. I mean, I mean, I wish I, w- I had what you're smoking because th- that was never going to be a thing. That just never was going to happen with a team this young and unproven. So now we get all these people, Dave, who are, you know, like you said, they're looking, they're hanging on to everything. They're, they're criticizing everything that's out there. And they're not willing to stand back and say, well, wait a second, you know, how do we get here? Why are we here? What do we have on the roster? What are we trying to accomplish? They seem like if they're not contending this year, then you got to, you know, tear it down. And I got news for you. You know, next year, they're not going to be great either. I, I think they'll be better. Uh, but if you blow out the management, uh, you get rid of Goody, you get rid of Lafleur. uh you're kind of starting over again, and you're still going to have one more year of challenging cap stuff, too. So I don't think that's a that's a cure-all at this point. I, I think what you do at this point is 
you let it play out. You let these guys get experience. You let them take their lumps. Now, I, there's probably too often I refer to Major League Baseball uh, on this podcast. And I know a lot of people are either not from this country, don't understand baseball, or if they are from this country, probably don't like baseball. It's, it's kind of gone down in popularity from the time, you know, when we were kids. But if you look at teams, and I happen right now to be watching the World Series live on a Monday night, and I'm seeing the Diamondbacks playing the Texas Rangers, and I remember, you know, not too long ago, you know, where the Diamondbacks had bottomed out, the Rangers had bottomed out. Uh, the Houston Astros, who are a perennial contender now, bottomed out. And then they rebuilt. And I know football and baseball are different. There's only one-tenth of the games in professional football. But still, the point remains the same. When you make a decision that we're going to go young, we're going to see who can play, and then kind of do the old uh, you know, general electric thing where we're going to lopped off the bottom third of the guys that don't look good, and we're going to draft some more guys. We're going to churn the bottom of the roster. We're going to keep it young, going to keep it cheap, and then we're going to have a window of contention of you know, three, four years, whatever it, it, might, it might be. You don't accomplish that if you're constantly blowing it all out and starting again and again. That's what losing franchises do. I think you really got to stay the course here. You got to see what you have who can play, who can't play. Then you got to get rid of that bottom third of the roster. You got to churn it out. And when you're in a financial position, you probably got to add some veterans. But until that time, you're probably going to try to load up on draft choices and they will be the bottom of your roster. And you're going to let go of the, the tourists of the world, you know, guys who, you know, are probably okay, but not great. You're going to find somebody better than those guys. That's the Ron Wolf way. Uh, was it um, Brian Noble, I think, who was uh, Packers middle linebacker when Ron Wolf came in? And he tells the story that Ron Wolf told him, you know, you know, you're here until we can find somebody better, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and that is kind of, you know, how you remember the first couple of years, um, you know, they, they were going to live with Brett Favre. In 92 and 93, they didn't offer him a long-term yep. deal. They weren't certain. That's how these things go. And I've been critical of Brett Favre in his first years. I would have loved to have seen him go, you know, leave. So I'd have been wrong about that. I, that's right. And I, you know, I, I saw it too. I remember talking to my friend, Big Snake Man, and saying, yeah, old Jethro, yeah, he's going to drop on back and throw that thing a mile. You know that? And you know what? He turned out to be pretty good, as I recall. You know, at least you know if he's not defrauding poor people anyway. He's you know he was a he was a good NFL quarterback and a couple of Super Bowls and one win there and three MVP. Yep, guy was the guy was good, but he wasn't good right out of the box. And you know he took his he took his lumps. Now we can make a case there that you know they had a coach, probably a Hall of Fame coach in Holmgren, which kind of helped things. His pedigree was better than LaFleur's because he had been the offensive coordinator in San Francisco and they had won Super Bowls there. But still, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a sure thing. But people were more willing and more patient because what did we have to that point? Well, we had 1989 and we had a couple of years in the early 80s with Lynn Dickey, but we had really nothing, you know, since the previous Super Bowl after the 1967 season. So people, you know, were willing and patient because we had had so much crap and they looked a little bit better. They made the playoffs in 93 and 94. People were willing to do that. But now this uh, cadre of fans is not willing to do that because they've had 
I don't want to see an unbroken string of 30 you know, years of winning. Yeah, there were a couple of down years in there. But generally speaking, you know, the division championship was just kind of assumed and the playoffs were kind of assumed. And for the most part, that was the case. It's not the case. So people are freaking out. And I don't think it's justified. Well, I I hear you say that. And I, I I'm with you. Um, you know, the, the idea that you can just, you know, have great quarterback play, you know, just change, swap them out and, and uh, you know, it's going to be great. Um, I, how, how do you defend, you know, the defensive side of the ball has not been affected by Aaron Rodgers. It, it's affected in that it's on the field, you know, seconds after, after it gives up a score or, or, um, gives up, uh, makes a punch or something happen. But, um, you know, they have, they should have their own identity. They clearly have gotten all the draft capital. Mm-hmm. What, they, how they do have. you defend that side of the ball? I don't defend that side of the ball because they made a mistake. It, we talked about it pretty much every week on this podcast that I don't think either one of us like the Joe Barry hire largely because, you know, his resume sucked. And I don't know, you know, how the interview went or what the recommendations were from his references and all that kind of stuff. But based on, you know, the publicly available information, there was nothing that really to recommend this guy as who you want to have. He had failed in this job at two other places, some really bad defenses. So that's a problem. But more than anything else, um, I don't, I mean, I, well, I don't care for the scheme that they run defensively. Uh, I, it's, I'm not a fan of, you know, yeah, you know, give them eight, 10 yards at a crack and let them march down the field because damn it, they're, they're going to make a mistake and, and we're going to keep them out of the end zone. I don't care for that style. I don't, even care how much it's been successful. It's really hard to watch. And, you know, the 96 defense, you know, wasn't that way. It was a three and out defense and they played man and they attacked. Of course, they had, you know, four down linemen that could rush. I mean, that's that's the kind of defense I want to see. And a lot of that, I think, is based on attitude. And that's that's the thing I think that's missing uh, with the defense right now. I don't think it's a talent issue. I think it's a, it's a, it's a philosophy, not scheme. It's a philosophy and an approach and an attitude, um, about playing defense. It's almost like special teams, I guess, you know, where, yeah, I know they, 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 they do some kind of, you know, scheming on the returns and things like that, but a lot of it is, is, is just the desire and the want to. And so maybe this style of defense works, if you instill a different kind of attitude in your players, and I don't mean an attitude that's going to be, you know, late hit guys out of bounds. We're not talking Kenny Stills here with Matt Suey. We're not talking about that kind of attitude. We're, we're talking about an attitude of, you know, Wayne Simmons, God rest his soul, you know, who was going to beat guys up. And they need, you know, guys who are willing to do that. And I, I see some of that. But I don't think that the philosophy and the scheme allows them to play that way. I know that they, you know, signed today. They had a big signing. You know, Rashawn Gary apparently is going to be with them four more years, and he's going to make 107 million. I think that was I think that was good. And he he plays with his hair on fire, and I think that's very good. And I, you know, I'm glad I'm glad to see that signing. But I think more guys have to play. Like Quay Walker, who I think is getting really the bums rush here. I don't know how many times I've read or heard, and Herman said this, and MJS reporters said this, 
that what it was that that's what second play of the game first play that oh that was an easy that 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 was a sure thing it was right in his hands thrown right to him i don't think it was that simple i don't think it was that easy and you know to quake's credit you know he he went in the locker room after the game and you know told i guess they gave him a minute talk to the team and said it was loss was his fault because he should have had that mm-hmm. maybe he should have that was not a gimme that wasn't an easy play at all and and to somehow you know come on that guy when he he's one of the guys who's playing the way they need to play at this point. And yep. I, I, I think they need more guys. In fact, I think it was Russell Douglas that said, if we had 11 guys who played like him, we'd be a lot better. Yeah. I, I, they'd be entertaining because I think Quay Walker, I, I don't watch the all 22 and uh, to know this for sure. My impression is that he is out of position, probably 25 to 50% of the time, but he's going, you know, hundred miles an hour and uh, makes, you know, his, his, he looks good. He looks really good. And so there, there's probably something there that you can improve upon. Um, it just can't say that with a lot of other people. And you're seeing some of the older people regress like Jair, which must be out there injured. I mean, he just does not, he's got, he's got, he does, he's not himself. He's yeah. Not. I, so they're trotting him out there, but even Gary, you know, I think he got the big contract, but he is not, you know, he, what do you have one sack? Um, uh, I guess it wasn't even a sack. It was a tackle for loss. I thought he, who had the sack then? I guess Preston Smith had two sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Preston um, Smith had a good game. Yeah. Rashawn Gary had a three tackles, one for, for loss. So, you know, I, but you know, he has, he's problematic too. Like either not using him correctly or, you know, he runs by the quarterback, creates huge holes. It seems like, you know, he, I, I don't know. I, I think he's not the impact player. Maybe he, he should be, but, um, I would like to see ACL too, you know, I mean, yeah. That, and he's coming. Fact, that's yeah. true. That's right. And his coming back that quickly. maybe that allows yeah. you to give the money a little bit more yeah. uh, freely because, you know, he came back from an injury and looks, looks good. Um, but I'm going to go back to, I just can't get away from like, I get what you're saying on the big picture and that, you know, we're spoiled and you can't just assume these quarterbacks are good. Um, one thing happened to me last week. Um, I was at a conference. I was actually, uh, it was a conference, you know, I'm in investments and, uh, I, what you, are? I am in, I'm in, in when, I, I invest that happen? for oh. institutions. Yes. Oh. And I go to a conference and I was, uh, actually, uh, interviewed at one of the conferences. It was the, one of the things that they did. And the interviewer said, you know, everyone knows that you're a green Bay Packer fan and you, uh, what, what about your fandom? This is true. What about oh your phantom has, uh, influenced the way you invest? And I said, Oh, that's a really interesting question. I said, um, I, I first, I said, well, I, I had the luxury of being able to spend many, many years with the smartest person on the planet, Aaron Rodgers, and got to learn from him. I thought that was me. Chuckle, chuckle. Oh yeah. Well, they didn't, they don't know very only about half the room listens to the podcast, not the entire room. So I had to go with the Aaron Roger reference. I talked about, um, I I've learned about myself that I like, I hate losing more than I like winning. And so I said that influences me sometimes because, you know, investing you, you have to make calls on things that happen in the future and you're graded through a score. <laughs> like there's a lot of like similarities to not, not coaching necessarily, but like there's some similarities in that you're managing a process that gets numerically scored and, and people can with hindsight judge whether you did the right uh, thing or wrong thing. Right. Tell me um, about it, Dave. 
yeah. right? So maybe we all have that. Yeah. Um, and so they were asking about that. What I wanted to say, I didn't want to really get into it because it be as long as a as a podcast probably it'd be how long it is. And no one wants to, to talk that long, especially um, yeah. is uh, I thought the one thing that I think that I have learned in our process in, in is trying to figure out what we do well and what we don't do well. And when we do something well, we stay with that. And when we don't do something well, then we keep, we, we, we change. Like we, we adapt our approach differently. We don't just keep banging our head against the wall constantly and just hope we we get a different outcome um and so there have been lots of changes in my career we used to do it this way now we do it totally different um and uh i think when you're also hired for a certain purpose if it sort of fails then i think a lot of times in my profession they they move on and bring a new group in that's sort of just the way it is and it might not be fair like you could say well who knew Russia was going to invade Ukraine and new oil prices were going to spike. Like, I didn't know that. Like, you can't judge that. But you you just you you have to be adaptable. Um, I think I'd say two things about this. I feel like the Packers have not been adaptable. Their drafts have been really, you know, toward the end of Ted Thompson's career to the beginning of Gutenkins, you know, their drafts have been quite awful. And yet they haven't adapted from that at all. This is what they do defensively. This is what they run offensively. This is what LaFleur's offense is supposed to do. It doesn't adapt to the team that they have. Like what they have is a bunch of young try hard guys. And this should come out looking different than what they're just doing week after week, handing off to Dylan up the middle. They don't have a line that can uh, run block. Um, I think of like Jim Harbaugh when he had the San Francisco 49ers, you know, he had a quarterback in Kaepernick who I don't think was a great thrower, but they did a read option all the time and they were pretty successful with that. Like he adapted to his team. I think the Packers don't do that. And I think that is a big black mark against them. Big X against them. The other is this management team of Gutekinds, Lafleur, and I'd say Murphy, their one job was Russ Ball to is crying now, Dave, who is Russ ball is crying. Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll throw Russ Ball in there too. I Thank suppose. you, because I don't want to have to deal with a call from him again this week. Okay. Yeah, apparently, yeah, he's no uh, barrel of laughs. Uh, apparently, no. Uh, their job was to get to the end of Rogers' career tr- and transition to a new regime. Like that was that was their job, is to to switch that over. And and yes, I can't say as it went through that I would have said, I wouldn't have done this. I, I wouldn't have drafted love. Certainly that I think I wouldn't have done that. I would have definitely, I was talking to someone today. I would have definitely drafted TJ Watt. That was just a no brainer to draft TJ Watt. Why didn't we do that? But you know, this was a, an organization that sort of did we, things that I often disagree with from a front office point of view. Uh, but that was their call. They made that call. Their job was to transition. We're just a year into that transition, Chris, which I think is what your point is, is that you got to give it time. Yep. But it appears not just that they're two and five, but that the transition is ugly. It is. It's that they they have nothing going for them right now. I mean, they n- nothing on the space shuttle is working or the rocket <laughs> or whatever. It's it seems to all be broken. I mean, Jordan Love could be better, but you can't tell because everything around him is so bad. Um, and I guess you could say, well, that plan got got hijacked because we had to put a bunch of money into Rodgers because he played so well. But that still is managing the process. You you decided to 
draft love, then back up, put a bunch of money into veterans to try and get that one more ring. And that didn't work. And now it's all kind of crapped out. I, I think that's managing the process poorly. Um, and so I think just like in other professions, if you, that's the job you have, if you do it poorly, do you want to give the the keys to say, okay, we're going to bottom out. We're going to draft a new quarterback. We're going to start over with a team that has kind of blown it the first time. So I, I think I, I, I'd be very disappointed if we just automatically do that because they're try hard guys. I feel comfortable with them. Um, they're a Packer way kind of thing. Packer way is winning for crying out loud. I don't care how, you know, how nice they are in the cafeteria. Um, so you don't think there's any validity to that? I, I guess I, I'm not to say that blow up right now. I give it the year. I think we went through our picks for the season. I thought they would do poorly and do better as it went forward. Um, as the weather got colder and they kind of got used to each other, they grew up a little bit, but I'm, I'm starting to see a team that seems to be like giving up a little bit. That's why I'm wondering at the defense and you're seeing like Jair, not, you know, tackling or showing any interest to tackling. I, I don't think he wants to get hurt because I don't think they're, they're willing to put their body, you know, to a potential injury for this team. So I think they're losing the team a little bit and that's a bad sign too. What do you think about any of that? Well, I, w- I think of the 20, 20- 22 Detroit Lions. Do you know what their record was after seven games, Dave? Uh, was it 0-7? 1-6. 1-6. And, and then they won three in a row, lost. Won three in a row, lost. Won the last two. Now, am I saying that's what's going to happen for the Packers? No. But the point is, um, you know, they were a mess. And that's what um, Matt LaFleur you know, said about his team <laughs> right now is that it's a mess. That's what Judy Freeman said in her email to us. The team's a mess. And after seven games last year, Lions were a mess. Um, I don't see the Packers winning, you know, eight of their last 10 games. I don't think that's that's going to happen. Um, I'm not even sure I see them winning, you know, half of the games. But I don't think you give up on a transition Um especially one that's as profound as this one. I, I really think you, you give it the rest of the year. Um, then you look and see, you know, what guys you want to get rid of. And then you give it one more year with some fresh people in there. Maybe if you can find an affordable veteran in the off season someplace, um, and you're lopping off those guys that, you know, just haven't, hand out. Maybe that you had high hopes for. Maybe it's somebody like, uh, you know, uh, Rasheed Walker, you know, at who I've barely glossed as Wallace the past couple of weeks. Yeah. But still, yeah, but still, um, you know, he doesn't look to be all that in a bag of chips. And they played better when they got him out of the game uh, this past week when they brought Yash Nyman in. And, you know, so they're, th- this is a shakeout and they're going to shake out this year. I think that they can, you know, call the non-performers on the roster, bring back Jordan Love. You'll have all those receivers. will have a lot more experience coming in the next year. And then you see what you have. And if you come out of the gate two and five next year, or maybe after 10 games, you know, you're looking at, I don't know, three and seven or something. Well, then maybe, you, you know, okay, we're, we're heading for a teardown. You know, we're, we're going to, we're going to get rid of the front office. We're going to get rid of the coaching staff, going to blow them all out uh, and start over. But at this point, you don't go this deeply in 
without giving it a chance to see if what you've done is right. And I don't know if it's too generous to give them, you know, this year and the rest of next year. What I do know is that it's too soon after seven games to say, yep, it's a failure. It's like saying the 2022 Lions were a failure after seven games when they were one and six. I, I just, I just don't think you do that. And how often have we seen, I mean, we've done this podcast, this is our 19th season. How many times have we seen a season either start out great and end crappy or start out crappy and end great? I mean, it, it seems to be a regular thing in the NFL because there are a lot of injuries. There's a lot of player development that happens along the way. Are there indications right now that the Packers are going to do that? Well, not not really. Not really. But with young players, you don't know. That's the thing about young players. It, they're exciting because you see all the potential. They, they show some you know particular signs that look encouraging. And then they do things like letting a ball get ripped out of their hands that somehow counts as an interception, which that's, you know, Reed has got to hold on to that ball. And what the hell is wrong with Christian Watson? The yeah. ball hits him in the freaking hands in the end zone. And but Bukowski said, which makes sense, he's he's the he's the smallest six foot five guy in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, it really is yeah. the guy. But that doesn't mean he's going to be that way next year, because the second year of our close friend, uh, Tay, uh, Devonte Adams, you know, I wasn't impressed with his second year. I thought he was a bust. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I, I did not have optimism that he was, he was going to work out and, you know, he seemed to work out pretty well and he'll be putting on one of those funny gold jackets one day. I would suppose the way things are going for him. You don't know what you have in a lot of these guys right now. It's just way too soon to be making these incredible pronouncements about this team. There's just nothing there. It's a mess. We got to flush the thing. What were people thinking with all the, that the youngest team in the league was going to be, you know, consistent week to week and going to contend for the playoffs. Well, I don't think so. And we, we tried to say that, you know, when we were doing our, you know, let's look ahead for the season stuff. It, it really is a box of chocolates here. You don't know what you're going to get. And it may turn out that these guys suck. But I think there's going to be a few of them that are going to stick. And the ones that, you know, consistently show they can play, you get rid of them and you draft other people or you make some trades and sign some guys. I think that's going to be on the table for them. But you can't make that pronouncement after seven games. Well, I'm going to push back on a couple of things. Okay. First of all, comparing them to the Detroit Lions of last year, I looked up their schedule. They did indeed go one and six. six. Yeah. Uh, their losses was 38-35 uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles, who went to the Super Bowl. Um, at Minnesota, they lost 28-24. Um, they lost to home at Seattle, 48-45. Then they had a couple bad losses, 29-0 they lost at New England, 24-6 at Dallas. And then 31-27 they lost uh, against Miami. Now, I think the big difference, they scored points. Um, they were close in their games and those teams, a lot of those teams are good. Philadelphia, Minnesota, Seattle, if he, I'm not sure where new England was Dallas. I think Miami was up and coming. I mean, those were relatively decent teams. What the Packers have done is they are two and five. They played Chicago, Atlanta, new Orleans, Las Vegas, Denver, and then Minnesota. Uh, they have played the arguably the worst teams in the league so far. And, like when Andy Herman went through uh, what the Packers have done in the first half, 
uh, of every game since the New Orleans game, New Orleans, Detroit, Las Vegas. I thought Denver. that was worthless when when he went through all that punt, 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 intercept and punt, field goal. But that was bullshit. I mean, come on. Why does that? It was 25 it's, drives it's, in the first it's, half. It's gratuitous. We know they haven't scored. He he was he was going overboard uh, to make how a point. bad it has been. Chris. We, we know they've not been good. And what we also know is that Denver beat Kansas City this week. How bad is Denver? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, that's that's true. I mean, we won't know, you know, how bad is Las Vegas that bad? Is Atlanta, Chicago, is, you know, is bad. Um, who, who, who was the quarterback last year for Detroit? Goff. Yes. And Jared Goff uh, was a veteran that had led a team to a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think we've seen anything quite like that from Jordan Love. The guy is starting out at a whole different place than Jared Goff was last year. Sure. But that's, I just, you, you're saying, look, you know, Detroit's one in six, they turned their season around and they came into 2023 with optimism. We should wait and see if green Bay has a similar experience. I'm saying you can't compare those two situations because the Packers are not nearly as, I mean, you just, it's not the, the record or even uh, the scores. It's just the eye test is that I think if you were, you were probably very disappointed at a one in six season for Detroit, but you probably saw a lot more than what we're seeing the Packers. What we, that our eyes are showing us on the screen is that they're awful. Like they can't catch. They can't love, you know, misses when he does hit guys, the hands, it's fine. But he, there's a bunch of balls. He throws. That's not near and close to receiver throws into traffic. Um, you know, I don't know there it's, I, I didn't realize this, but I guess on the second or third, I guess it was the third play of the game. Um, they were going to some kind of, they they're going to or Jordan Love audible to a wide receiver screen just to get the first down. But every either he did the wrong signal or the team didn't see it. But everyone went into a run play. And that's why Rashid Walker uh, was <laughs> too far downfield and he got the penalty. So they're they're confused. Um, you know, that, this that is, wasn't on love, by the way. That was just that may not be play. We don't know. That, we don't, that was maybe. Well, yeah. Well, we heard people talk about it. In fact, it was Zach Tom that talked about it and said, the nature of an RPO is that, you know, you don't know that the quarterback is going to get almost sacked. Um, that was, you know, Walker's fault, by the way. And somehow Love got out of that and he was going to pass the ball. But Walker didn't know that because of the nature of the play call. That was something that wasn't on anybody. Well, the missed block was on Walker. But him being downfield, that was just the nature of the RPO that was called that really – that really wasn't on anybody. If anything, that showed me, my God, uh, you know, Jordan Love. I mean, that was a play worthy of Aaron Rodgers as a young well, he, guy when he, he, when he could still get out of the pocket. He made something out of it, but there was confusion, and it seemed like it might have been everyone else. It, 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 it wasn't on Love's fault or everyone well, else's fault because everyone else went it, to run block, including well, the receivers. But, that, but, that, but that's how that's how an, R, an RPO works. If it's supposed to be a quick pass. And it wasn't a quick pass because he didn't have time because Walker missed his block. No, no, he, and so he, he spun out. He spun out of the, the tackle and got out of the pocket. And by that time, the play had broken down and Walker had gone down. No, field. no, that, that's not how I understood it. My understood is he went to throw. The receivers were not looking at the looking at him. They were out uh, on the block. And so he looked and saw no receivers no, open. Then that's he, not how it scrambled. worked. He, he didn't have any time. You know, because because there was a whiff on the block, he was being tackled. Somehow he spun out of it. He didn't have time to look for anybody. He got out of that and went downfield. And besides, what was he going to do once he spun out of that tackle? He had no choice but to roll out. 
It was not on Jordan Love. That yeah. was on Walker for missing his block. Well, and, he missed his- and, and, and then after that point, it wasn't on him because, you know, he doesn't know what's going on behind him in an RPO. That's what Zach Tom said, the right tackle. So well, okay. I'm, uh, I'm going to well, go with what, the, with what the right tackle said, not with what Andy Herman said. You can, but I will tell you, this whole team, including LaFleur, is protecting this quarterback. I mean, they're doing pulling all, well, all the stuff. The offensive line's not protecting well, that's true. But I, after the game, everyone is lined up and towing the line, and there, no one is throwing any shade at Jordan Love. What what is going to happen if this is going as what I fear is that you're going to get an unnamed source somewhere down the road that's saying the you know we, we're losing confidence in him. Um, but right now, you know, you talk to the floor; it's everyone's fault but Love, and I I don't buy that. I mean, Love is throwing himself under the bus a little bit, saying I need to be better and saying all the right things, but. I mean, everyone is committed to this guy, and I get that. Um, I don't know what else you do. You can't if you throw if you get in front of the mic and say our quarterback stinks. What are you going to do? You can't say that. I get that, but uh, I, I, that doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and say, well, it must be everyone else's fault. I mean, Love is doing everything great. He's not doing everything great. He and but he the whole cocktail is poison, though. It's it is not. If it was just him, he had an established team around him. He would certainly look better. But um, he's also a, I mean, yes, some quarterbacks start rough and finish well. Some suck and stay and suck. Like, and that's usually, that's more common than a lot of teams. You said, how many times have teams started bad and ended good or vice versa? Most of the time when teams start bad, they end bad. Or if they start good, they end good. I mean, all of it sometimes happens. I think what people are flying off the handle, including myself now that you push me, um, is that when you look at this team, they look awful. And that, that I think is where people aren't accepting it is because it's not just that the record, they could be two and five and we could be disappointed. I, they, they suck bad. And, and this, I, when I watched this game against Minnesota, I have never watched them lose to Minnesota with less, with more apathy than I did this game. I just, I, I could care or less. And I do worry about the cheesehead TVs and the Andy Herman's of the world who've kind of struck a career doing this. Or uh, if the Packers are 10 years like this, I don't, I mean, interest in this team is going to drop because um, it, it's hard to watch this. I think, I think it's going to be a while because we like being Packer fans. We like being at Lambeau field. I mean, there's a part of it that's not going to go away. But I think, you know, it's it's fun when they're in the conversation, when they're not for a long period of time. I don't know. That's it's going to be a tough road. I, I guess that's my point. It's it's how bad they are right now. That's really disappointing. I don't I'm not surprised they're two and five. I'm just surprised at how bad they look. So when you say they look bad, what do you mean? They're offensively so inept, I guess, is is huge. And I guess defensively, well, their okay, scheme. OK, makes, wait when you say they're offensively inept, what do you mean when you say that? Uh, they do nothing well. Okay, but I want specifically, what are you saying? Um, I think their I think their offensive line is bad, so they okay. they're yeah. they can't they're they uh, in the run game they have an injured Aaron Jones. So in some reason, they have him on a very limited snap count. I'm not quite sure to understand why that's happening, but so they have and they have. Uh, AJ Dillon, who is averaging, you know, less than two and a half yards per carry, you know, it seems like for the season, I don't know what it actually is, but their run game is really awful. They have a quarterback who's inaccurate. 
they have an offensive line who has uh, one tackle and probably two guards that are very terrible and are full of penalties. They have young receivers that have a hard time catching the ball and, and having routes that are consistent. They have a, a non-creative, you know, it doesn't look like anything's changing week to week. They're doing the same thing. They have tight ends who can't sort of break a tackle or do anything um, as well. I, I mean, I can't think of a single thing that I like about their offense. All right. So, so some of the things you've identified. Okay. Um, and I, I think I've made it pretty clear. I'm not really very high on, well, I wish I was very high, but I'm not very high on uh, Rashid Walker. Okay. Um, he's, or he's or, well, I'm, I'm probably higher on him, but I did okay. like, yeah, Rasheed Wallace was fantastic. Actually, did he play for the, like, the Detroit Pistons? I think. I think so. I think so. And I think that's where I'm getting that from. I'm I not exactly so. sure. He played for like North actually, Carolina or something. I really do think that I was, I was too excited to play the Marcellus Wallace card. And I think that's what got me goofed up there. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, this guy, um, I'm only second year player. He didn't play. I, what did he play? Like four snaps last year. I mean, he's essentially a rookie. And so, yeah, he's going to suck. And I, I actually think he probably will suck more going forward. But, okay, that's one thing. Then you have a left uh, guard uh, who's good, but coming off an ACL. You have a center. Who, okay, that one's failed. I think he's yeah. he's not a well, Who's the offensive coordinator this last week said he's playing the best football yeah. of his career. Yeah, okay. Now that I think, I think we all know he's given his guy cover there. Okay. Yes. Um, why? Yeah. Okay. okay. Okay, but what does does it do to throw the guy under the bus in the media? It does but, no good whatsoever. Yeah, but that without accountability, it that it's, but it doesn't. But that's not the account of, the accountability doesn't happen from the podium with the microphone there. That's just going to make it worse in the locker. No, room. but you, you you yank them. Well, that's what they did in the first quarter with uh, Walker. You know, they they got him the hell out of there, and I guess whatever felony Yash committed, I guess was forgiven. He got a reprieve from Tony Evers or something, and was able to <laughs> you know come and and back and play. All right, and so you've got a good right tackle. I think a good young right tackle, and I think John Running Jr. is kind of a guy, and he won't be around that much longer. The receivers drop a lot of ball. Yes, and they run the wrong routes. Yes, why? Because they haven't played. They haven't played. You've, you've got three rookies, and you've got a guy who missed a lot of last season, supposedly your number one guy, who played at a lower division in college. He's learning the ropes. And then you've got another second-year player, um, you know, who's – I think he's probably the best of the lot, but he doesn't run Chris Brouts. He's inconsistent. Guess what? He's a second-year player. I mean, there are occasionally first – or second-year receivers that are good, occasionally. But more routinely, what you see is the learning curve that we saw from Jordy Nelson, that we saw from Devontae Adams. You know, these guys take a little time to break in and work out, and that becomes uh, magnified, you know, when you have an offensive line that is supposed to be good at pass blocking, and they're not very good at that, and they're even worse at running. So you don't have a running game. Your number one guy is fragile. And I personally think that A.J. Dillon spent. I, you're too young to remember John Brockington. Um, but when John Brockington had three great seasons, rushing for over 1,000 yards for the Packers in the early and mid-'70s. And his fourth year, he just kind of fell off the table. And the year after that, he was toast. And I think a J. Dillon, who, you know, 
is a big guy and he's taken a lot of abuse over time. Maybe like Ron Dane when you know playing at Wisconsin and being nothing in the pros. Um, I think Dylan is. I think he's a spent force at this at this point. So you know, there's a lot of reasons why they are the way they are, and they've got to do some culling. There's no question about that. But you got to let some of these guys give them room to develop. Your your tight ends. Every single there are three of them. Well, I guess four if you count Deguara, but he's going to be one of those guys that's called. But your three main tight ends are all rookies, you know, and they're, yeah, they're going to go right down when they get hit because I don't think that they are developed enough. I don't think they're strong enough. I don't think they know the NFL game. None of them do. And a guy like, um, you know, uh, Tucker Kraft, you know, he's another guy that played at a relatively small school. And your number one guy, Musgrave, played two games in college last year and is coming off a knee injury. So yet, I think there's a lot of reasons why they aren't getting better week to week because they're they're learning they as suck. they go. Yeah, you're explaining why they suck. Right, and but that's what I wanted you to do. There are reasons why they don't look good. It's it's. I think people should take a step back and maybe adjust their expectations. This isn't a team that's loaded with you know. The third, fourth, fifth-year you know players that are still young but have been around the no, they don't really have that on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, I you know that's more of a mature team, first-round picks. They should be better than they are, but that's I think where attitude, philosophy, and scheme come into play on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and you know, consequently, the defense has looked good enough to win if you had a competent offense. You don't have a competent offense. I don't think it's because they're bad. I think it's because they're young and they've only played, most of them only played seven games. The quote veterans of the group maybe have played 10 or 11 or, you know, 12 games because they played a little bit last year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We're at the same place. Should we get to the emails? Because there's a lot of good questions in the Well, emails. can I make one more point? I guess, well, you know. Of course you can, David. You, you have a podcast, man. This yeah. is uh, this is your platform. So far. Go. Yeah. Go, I'm, go, baby. Go. Well, I guess if if I'm the coach and this was the hand I was dealt, and I, as the coach, I'm sure you weren't, you know, a passive observer and all this happening, but this is where we are. We, uh, you could, I, well, you could have said, look, we need to get some, some veteran leadership around love. Uh, we need to shore up, you know, tight end wide receiver or two, but you know, they want to do that. Cause they felt like, Hey, these guys are going to be special Reed wicks. These are guys we drafted. Like, so we, how dare we give up guys? We drafted, we have to wait three or four years before you let them go. Um, and they're out of the league. Um, but you know, they could, they could have said, okay, we're, we're not going to keep, um, Tory and maybe, you know, have a veteran guy. They could have tried to do something that maybe shore up some of the, some leadership in the locker room, but they decide not to do this. But so if you go ahead and say, you're going to be young, what I'd like to see the floor do at this point is to take advantage of what you have. And that is, it's a lot of mistakes. It's young guys, but I think they're fast and I would be just running an offense differently. It's so funny, you know, that they've built this team around Jordan love and um, you have all these young receivers who are, are just as green as can be. And yet it seems like they want to run the offense through AJ Dillon running up the middle. And I, I just, I just don't understand that. I feel like, you know, I would appreciate it more is if they went five wide, you know, they said, look, we have 
young receivers. They're all healthy at this point. We're, we're going for it. Like we're, and we're going to, we're going to go up tempo. We're going to no huddle. Now they might say that's impossible because these guys are rookie. You can't do that. Now, I, I guess I don't know what you do, but I think what I'm afraid and I don't know how you'll feel if they continue to do this, if they run the same style of offense over and over and over, uh, which is kind of run first, um, get into, you know, and you know, I guess what I think we should talk about the penalties. Um, that that's game another was over officiated, you know, uh, by Hockley's kid. I mean, that was unconscionable. The, well, I, the plays being called away from the ball, ticky tacky bullshit. I mean, that was just, that was nonsense that the way that that first quarter in particular was a clinic and how a professional football game should not be officiated. That was nonsense. Well, I think, you know, that's a bad team syndrome, right? I mean, I think if they're a good team, if they don't get 11 penalties, they get six, you know, that I think that's sort of just the nature of it. Um, and, uh, but I don't, I don't know. I guess I saw a couple of ticky tack penalties that I was thought could have gone either way. I don't know what I, I wrote my notes down, but, um, you know, they, they, the penalties kill them too. You know, they get second oh, yeah. and two, whatever it's a penalty. Now it's second and 12 and it's over. Like they can't, they, they can't afford to have any penalties, much less double digits in the first half. My goodness. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, they should open this thing up. They need to say, this is who we are. Uh, we got to lean into our strengths and it's not Dylan. It's, it's not Musgrave. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's going to be these receivers. We're going to get the ball out quick. We're going to do a lot of crossing patterns, pick plays, stuff like that. Get the ball into these guys' hands and let them run. Um, I don't see them adjusting at all. And I think that, uh, is tough, but maybe that wouldn't work either. I just think the whole thing is, was set up for failure partially because love isn't as good as you thought, um, injuries, whatever, but, um, they, they sort of went for it in a certain direction and it just, they just missed. And, and so we have arguably the worst team in the NFL. Well, okay. If you say they missed, that means that you thought there was a possibility for them to somehow hit to, I don't know what that means, hit a, a winning team, a playoff team. Well, they, they stuck their necks out far in drafting love. It made Rogers upset. I mean, I appreciate that Rogers went out and got the MVP two years in a row, but you know, if they <laughs> had not done that, maybe would have transitioned faster, but uh, they stretch, they, they felt this guy, we're going to trade for, they trade up for love. Yeah. They, so they went and got him when clearly I felt like, you know, anyone who anybody would watch the Packers the year before felt if they could get a stud receiver to get some pressure off of Devante, that would be what the Packers needed. And what they do, they drafted Rogers replacement. I mean, so they, they did, they took a big swing at that. And this is now time for it to pay off. And if he is plays like he does here, um, that's a swing, a big swing and a miss. You don't think that's true? Well, this is what I think is that that did light a fire under Rogers. Uh, if you don't let a ride a fire under Rogers and you know, he was showing signs of decline. We saw it firsthand in 2018 there with Klaus. Uh, you know, the guy, the guy had lost it and he was better, you know, in his, in his uh, first year under Lafleur. but you know, he, he wasn't the guy that he was, he was no longer playing at an MVP level. So if that continues and a fire isn't lit under him, 
because we don't we don't know what would have happened. Maybe he would have been great anyway. We don't know. But if the fire's not lit under him, then the conversation becomes, boy, Packers really missed that. Uh, they're, they were showing signs of decline in their quarterback, and they sat there and did nothing, and now they have no successor. Yeah. And the worst time to get a quarterback is when you need one, right? So that's what we that's what we, we would have heard. Now, but we, we, we don't know. I mean, maybe Rodgers would have been great the next two years regardless. We don't know that. And so they didn't know that at the time. And so they were thinking, let's get somebody. Let's get him in here. Rodgers is going to play a couple more seasons. And then we're going we're gonna to go with this guy. I don't think that they saw two back-to-back MVP seasons coming from that guy. I, I didn't see it. I don't think you did either. But they didn't draft love to light a fire under Rodgers. That was that was no, a side effect. They, no, they they drafted him because they thought they were going to need a quarterback in a couple of years. Right. And they knew yeah. they were going to make Rodgers mad. And they, they didn't, didn't call care him. because he they was a care. declining player and they yeah. didn't care. Right. And so but that the problem was, is it turned out that you could have got a Jordan Love in the fifth round any year. You could have gotten well, a Jordan uh, you, Love player. You, you could not get gotten a Jordan Love in the fifth round. He he would not have lasted the fifth round. He he probably would have been second or third round guy. I I think the way Jordan Love is playing right now, after three years of sitting in the system and now he's starting, he plays like this. I think there are guys in the fifth round every year that's probably just that is playing just as it would come in and look just as good. Well, look, Sean maybe. Clifford. I don't want Sean Clifford. I'm not calling for Sean Clifford to play. I think if Sean Clifford came in, we would not do any worse than we're doing now. I, well, I mean, that's a hypothetical. We really yes. don't know. I, I, but I, I believe, I mean, you know, I mean, he has an intangible quality about him that I think would suit him. Well, I mean, there is a, that bit of a, you know, Brett Favre ripping off his helmet in the Super Bowl and running down the field. I mean, I think there is an element of that in Sean Clifford's game. I don't think he is uh, physically gifted the way that, uh, Jordan Love is. He maybe has a quicker processor, but we don't know. We, we've seen him play in the preseason. He looked good in the preseason, but so did Jordan Love. So did a lot of guys. Sure. You know? But so I have no idea. And you know, this one of the things Judy Freeman you know, said is, um, I wonder if on days when Love just can't seem to do anything and there isn't a great likelihood of the Packers coming back to win the game if they should put Clifford in just to see what happens. Okay. Now the problem there is that that's exactly light a fire. It might light a fire to Jordan Love. But that's but that's exactly <laughs> what the Packers are doing. They're putting a lot of rookies out there right now just to see what happens. I mean, that's the kind of thing that they're doing right now. And I don't know that you do that at the most important position on the field. I, I just especially when you have put a um, a lot on this guy. You spent millions of dollars. You draft capital, and you really haven't figured out yet at this point if it works. I will give you an analogy here. During our podcast today, Dave, I've been writing with a fountain pen, um, and I am embarrassed to say this. It is it is from a German company, the Lamy company. It's a Lamy 2000. Um, it is to be embarrassed with the Germans. Well, I am embarrassed because this is a fountain, and I'm I've got a problem with fountain pens. Okay, it costs two hundred dollars. All right. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous when you could get a pick for you know, eighty nine cents. Yeah. But you know, it's an experience. Well, you know what? This Lamy pen, um, I like. It. I mean, it feels good in my hand, and when it writes properly, it writes great. 
you know, I can't quit it. I want to see if there's something that I can do to make this work the way I want it to work. That's the same thing with Jordan Love. You know, spend a lot of money, you see some promise, and you want to see it through to see if your evaluation and the money you put into it was actually worth it. Now, at some point, you know, you say, screw it, I'm going to put this thing in the desk drawer, or in my case, I'm actually going to send it to a company in Indiana, and they're going to tune it for, for me. So, you know, for but maybe that's $200. <laughs> I, I don't know, but this is like, you should see this damn thing. I'll, I'll just show it to you. It's, it's a lovely instrument, but so is Jordan Love. And you don't, you know, because it doesn't write well out of the package, you don't say, screw it and throw it in the garbage, you know? It, no. that, that's just, that's, that is not sound because the scouting reports on this pen are excellent. So it's possible it needs some tuning. I think it's possible Jordan Love needs some tuning. And if he has a slow processor, which I think is his problem, the only way you're going to get better at that is through repetition. Uh, and I think I've used this analogy about Sudoku. Man, I, I, I did it before our podcast today, Dave. Nine freaking minutes. It's embarrassing. My wife, my family are all doing it. Oh, God, I only did it in four minutes. It's like, what? That's great. You know? Yeah. So, but again, the more you do it, the better you get. And you know, that's the way I think it is for a lot of people. And I don't think Jordan Love got any better by watching people say, well, he was on the team for three years. It's not the same observing, watching film. You have got to get there and you've got to do it. You know, you know, my son was a nationally ranked chess player. And we were talking about this today. He's an enormous Packer fan, like his old man is. And, you know, we were talking about it today. He didn't get better by, you know, sitting in front of a computer screen and doing puzzles, you know, that, no, you get better by going out there and playing the game for real. And, you know, he started out and he won, he lost, but then he eventually got better and better and better until he, you know, now he's a candidate master. You know, that's, that's, that's the way progression happens for most people. Some people are really good out of the box. We've seen examples of that. I think Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys, you know, he, he, you know, had a very short, learning curve. Most people aren't that way. And so I, I don't think after eight NFL starts, seven this season, that we really know what is there with Jordan Love. And that's why there's he's got to have a longer leash than that because the guy's got a big arm. You know, the, the guy can make all the throws. He can do all that kind of stuff. But if his processor's slow, the way you get better with that is by See more and more reps, more. You see more and more situations, see more and more defenses, you see blitzes, you see different schematic things, and you learn from that by doing it. I understand that, although I do have an issue with saying it's just a slow processor. Uh, he's, he's inaccurate at this point, and some of his deep balls were pretty wobbly. I don't know what the weather was like. In, I, it looked cold, but I didn't know if it was windy. But he's, his, his spiral isn't what I'm used to seeing. Um, and his balls, like, hang up there for a long time. Like he puts touch underneath it um, much more than, than Rogers would. And that might just be because Rogers was so different, but um, Judy's point isn't out of bounds. I mean, if I said, look, we need to give Jordan love six years to figure out if he's our quarterback, you'd be like, that's way too long. Yeah. If I said he, I'll give him to next week. If he doesn't, we don't want next week. He's out. That's too soon. The question isn't whether you need to move on. It's a question of how much time do you give them? So right, right. I think that's just yeah. what we're debating. 
um, is at what point do you give him that time to say enough is enough? And you're probably saying it's got to be this year and next. Um, and I think it, I think it's, I, I would tend if it continues on this path that this year would be enough, especially you have a top round pick and a quarterback that is really good. Like everyone thinks they're good, not just your scouting department or good against or whoever, uh, like everyone thinks is good. I think you would, you draft that person. Cause guess what, Chris, that could light a fire under Jordan love, just like we did to Rogers. And if that's yeah. the uh, yeah. outcome that happens, no. that would be great. No. But you I, know, if they're not going to do it, because they're going to say, no, we don't want to rattle our quarterback. That sends it's not the wrong gonna, message. It's not going to light a fire on, on under him. I mean, because well, I don't think that's what you he's, say. If he's, that happened to Rodgers. He's not that kind of guy. Aaron Rodgers is. This is a guy who lives on kind of that Michael Jordan thing of, you know, no one respects me kind of bullshit. I know. That's, but if Jordan he loves, folds, I don't want to be my love, quarterback anyway. Jordan Love is not that guy. Well, uh, if if he's like, you know, if we draft another quarterback, that's going to kill his development. I'd be like, good. You know, if he can't know, handle not, that, it's a I'm professional not, football player. Hey, I'm not saying that. I don't, hey, I don't have any problem with them at all. If if they, you know, get the booby prize and they wind up being the worst team in the league and going out and, you know, getting, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, Williams, right? C.J. Williams, is that his name? The, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think it's, yeah. it's Williams. I don't think it's C.J. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I think, everyone wants I think to C.J. Get... Williams is a Badger receiver. But, okay, yeah. you know, so that guy and there's another dude out there, uh, you know, who's kind of a consensus. It's a little bit like, you know, the Smith-Rogers draft where there was, you know, one and one A kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, Caleb, Caleb Williams. Is Caleb Williams, yeah. And C.J. Yep. Williams is the Badger receiver. Okay, whatever. The point is, everyone is saying, oh, yeah, this is a can't-miss guy. And, of course, you know, as Ryan Leaf will tell you, can't-miss guys, I mean, that always happens. Uh, Those guys are always sure to be great. So I I would think that if they get the chance, and maybe they don't get Williams, and maybe it's the other dude, you know. Drake May. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead and get that guy. Because what did they do with when Aaron Rodgers was going to be their quarterback. They used a second round pick and a seventh round pick on quarterbacks. The second round pick sucked. Surprise. It was the seventh round guy that wound up having a decent career in the NFL and won some games for the Packers too. When, you know, when Rogers was hurt. So I absolutely think if they, if they have that opportunity, they should go out and get now. Uh, If you watch the Badger game this past week, you, you know, happen to see another guy that is, He's a receiver and he's another, you know, can't miss guy. And, you know, Marvin Harrison's kid, Marvin Harrison seems like kind of a dick too, the way he treats his kid. But anyway, that, that that's a whole different podcast. Um, and then there's supposed to be a top notch Penn state tackle too. And they're going to need uh, a left tackle the way it appears. Yeah. But there's got a some, backup so, defensive tackle for Iowa that, is really fast for a defensive tackle. He doesn't play that much. Uh, doesn't really understand the rules of football, but he he's got really high intangibles. Uh, uh, Van Ness is a really good hockey guy. player. Van Ness is a good hockey player. You're you're forgetting in your in your takedown. You're forgetting how good of a hockey player the kid was. I and, and listen, I I don't know if Van Ness will be any good, but I was not a fan of that pick. I I'm going to stick with that. Um, you you are not you're not alone, and I I really think that if they you know get a top five kind of pick and a quarterback's available. Yeah. I don't have any problem at all with them doing that. And I don't have any problem with them using the hell a second round pick or whatever else, you know, to 
try to improve themselves because even if Jordan Love rebounds this year and his last 10 games, you know, he's a 97 rating kind of guy averaging over 10 games. That isn't good enough. You know, I I think the jury is still going to be out on that guy. And if you get the chance, you improve yourself. And the same thing with they have encouraging you know, young receivers, at least four of them who, you know, look really good. But if you get a chance to get Marvin Harrison Jr., I think you go out and you do that. I don't have any problem at all. I'm not saying stand pat. What I'm saying is give it a chance to develop. You sat down in a room, in a conference room someplace, and said, what are we going to do? Rodgers is either going to leave or we're going to trade him. You know, he's going to, whatever. They sat down and they analyzed this, and they decided the best way to go was we got to go young. We have salary cap problems. This is a chance for us to reset the franchise. If you are so certain about that course of action, you're going to cashier it after not even half of the season. I mean, that's to me, that is shitty leadership. That is crappy management when, you know, you, you don't have the conviction to stick with a plan that you've sat down and thought about. Now, if they didn't think about it and came in on you know the morning of the draft and said, oh, hell, what are we going to do now? Well, now that's a different matter, okay? But I'm thinking that they sat down and had meetings and thought about this thoroughly and decided to go this way. And then to change before they've really given it a chance to play out, I, I, I think that would be – then they should all be, be fired because that, well, they, I don't, cause I, then they don't, know, they don't know what they're doing. They sat down before this year and had a plan of how do, what do we do now with all the – all the decisions we made in the past. I mean, they have a series of decisions that led them to what they did this year. So maybe they made the best of what they could. Oh, they could have maybe drafted better. They, I, you know, I think there could have been other things they could have done, but you can't say like, look, this is the best decision we can make with the information we, you know, with the situation we're handed, you handed yourself this situation. You're that you're the group that did this. So I don't know any business that says, Look, we had a terrible year. Our this car we made has a defect. Well, yeah, it, you know who is it that made that? Oh, yeah, we made that car. Um, that so I, I think to say at the beginning of 2023 and saying they made you know, went decided to go young, they had to go young because of all their previous decisions. So I, that's why I'm saying this is accumulation of this is the graduation. This is their master's thesis. Well, this is everything that they they picked Jordan Love. And they said, this is where we're going. And wherever the franchise takes us, this we're, we're hanging our hat on this. And, you know, I'll give them credit. They Rogers took them to a couple of NFC championships. So it wasn't, you know, since they drafted, it wasn't just a complete, five. <laughs> what? Five, five N- NFC championships. Well, since they drafted love yeah. five. No. Oh, no. Oh, okay. oh, I thought. Okay. Yeah. But, 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 it, but here, but here's the, Here's the thing on that, though. They were nursing this thing along. And that's some of the decisions they made were because they, well, God, I mean, things are going better than we thought here. And so they called an audible. You know, they improvised as they went along. And then once it became clear that that had played itself out, now you need a new plan. And that's what they've done here. And that's why I'm looking at... um, you know, the stat sheet here and Reed and Dobbs and Watson and Wicks and Musgrave. These guys, you know, second year players, a couple of them, but by and large, 
they're young guys. You don't know what you have at this at this point. You really don't. Now, some of the guys, they're down the roster. You you know probably it's like whatever. We're gonna we're gonna lop off Simone uh, Simone Biles' husband and that stuff. You know, okay, fine. But these other guys, they have promise and they've shown promise. And at times, all of them have done good things at times that make you think, well, you know, maybe we want to hang on to that guy. You know, Reed got abused. It was like he was the little brother and his big brother came and ripped the ball away from him and ha 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 43 yards down the field. Well, he also had 83 yards on four catches for a 20.8 yard average. So he's done a lot of good things. He's done some bad things, but done some good things too. You stick with that. You don't say, well, you know, because he hasn't shown the ability to rip the ball away from a fourth year safety. And that's what the guy was. He's in his fourth year. Well, I would think that Reed maybe in his second or third year, probably not going to let that give up. You know, he's going to have harder hands. He's going to learn some of the tricks of the trade, but he's not going to get there if he doesn't get the chance to learn to do that. And you don't get the chance to do that by sitting behind some washed up veteran. Well, we're the worst team in the league. I'm looking at the, uh, you know, part of it is, you know, given the benefit of the doubt, given time, everything. I, I just, I don't think you can say that on the defensive side of the ball. No, I'm looking at the first round no. picks. No, Lucas Van Ness, Devontae well, Wyatt, Quay Walker, Eric Stokes, Jordan Love. Okay. No, like uh, some of those guys, though, really, too. This is Devontae Wyatt's second year. This is Quay Walker's second year. Who He's taken a big step up, by the way. I think he's playing pretty well. Uh, Van Ness is a rookie, and Rashawn Gary, who just got paid, he wasn't much as a rookie either. I mean, s- some of those guys, are, what I'm talking about are guys um, like uh, Campbell. You know, um, Rasul Douglas, who I don't think you can get rid of because apparently he's the leader of the team and not just the defense. He's the leader of the team. Uh, but those are the G- Jair Alexander guys that have been around, you know, Mr. Simone Biles, you know, guys that have been around. Those are the guys that need to be playing better. I'm going to give a break. You know, when you, when you see, you know, Carl Brooks out there, I mean, guys are rookie. He's, you know, although he blocked a kick, I think this past game, you know, so it's not like there's there's nothing there from the younger players, but they should be better on defense because they have more veteran presence. Eric Stokes, we don't know how good he is. He missed a lot of last year. He, he, he looked good the first year, not as good the second year, gets hurt, and then he put, comes back five plays later. If anything, his problem is not that he's not any good. It's that his body is not NFL ready. You know, so yeah. I, I yes, I hear what you're saying about the defense. But not all of those guys on defense are the same. There are some veterans there. Kenny Clark, you know, I, Kenny Clark is is fine. They have some good players over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but he's not. He's a first round pick as well. But you know, he's he's not an all pro. Yeah. Look, they and they even have some free agents. You know that that they have tried to sort of fill around right. Preston yep. Smith, Rudy Ford. You know, um, yeah, Rasul. Yeah. You know, they, they. I mean, they've done the, but. <laughs> As bad, I mean, they're worse on offense. They are defense, but they are right. way underperforming on defense. And you think, how, how is that? And I think we're all, I think we're all probably pretty convinced that with a different coach, a different scheme that they would play better. Um, when it's third and I don't know, 15 and they play 18 yards back and they let oh, someone God, catch God, the ball 13 oh. yards wide open. And then you've got to make that tackle 
you know, you can't miss because you miss that he gets past the first down marker, which one it's, you know, hard to tackle that in the open field if they're any good. And two, even if he gets tackled in the spot, it's fourth and one. Yeah. And the, sometimes they'll go for it. So it's like they always go for it against the Packers because Packers <laughs> can't stop. A fourth well, the, and one. well, the Vikings didn't uh, this game missed a field goal. I was like, what a mistake that they didn't go for it on what was it fourth and uh, one yeah. on the Green yeah. Bay. I, I was I was shocked that that they did. Is, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Don't you watch the game tape? At all? <laughs> uh, well, that's painful. I all right. I don't know if I'm going to have this sort of fire every week because I think we're going to see a lot of the same. Um, I, I it can only I suppose it can only get better. Um, I don't want to argue with you every week on this because uh, it's just going to just get me down. Um, but that's that's it. I think that's this is what we're facing. I think it's going to be, you know, lose and repeat, <laughs> rinse yeah. and repeat, and rinse repeat. That's what we got. And then I think we, you know, could we? Have the worst record and actually being in competition for one of those top two quarterbacks, it's possible. I, yeah, that's I, kind of where I'm so. at. Where I think that's the upside of this season. So, um, here here's something else that that uh, Judy Freeman had to say. Um, she wonders if Watson is not at full strength or if he's not as good as we thought he was. I kind of lean toward the latter on that one. I don't yeah. think he's as good as we thought. And I think if you look at the guy, you know he's. Like Bukowski said, I mean, he is the smallest 6'5 guy, you know, that you've ever seen. And I think part of it's body type. I think it's part of body composition. Jared Abaderas would agree that not, you know, all college performance translates into NFL success. Your body's got to hold up. And I'm not sure that, you know, he has a body that is well suited uh, to the NFL. Now, having said that, this is the guy that was unimpressed with Devonte Adams in year two as well. So I don't want to cashier him, but I would go with the latter on, on what Judy is suggesting there um, but, on that one. Yeah. But when you use him different, like it feels like he's constantly being thrown 50, 50 balls. That's not his strength at this point. Like, and I think we could do it next week, the week after week after that, if it's second and eight and we throw a jump ball in the end zone, I don't think it's going to work. And if we keep trying that, that's stupid. If he's flying, you know, crossing the, the field and if he can keep his, if he can catch it, um, that's where we've seen him excel as he gets the ball with some space and let him run. Um, I, you know, I think in a different system, he may be decent, but he is slight. And I thought there was a jump ball he had in the end zone that Harrison yes. Smith just disrespected him and threw him down. Just like, get this kid out of here. Um, yeah, I, I think that's not the correct way to use him. Dobbs different. Dobbs seems to have a little bit more of a, um, although he's dropped a number of balls too. What yeah. did you? How, who do you that throw to uh, Aaron Jones? I think is a good example of where you are with Jordan Love. Is that Jordan Love's fault? Or was that Aaron Jones' fault? Well, are you talking about the one that went through Jones's hands and hit yeah. him in the face? Well, the I, one that was to the wrong shoulder. No, I, I the one that he um, he came out on the flat on the right flat. Yeah, um, love from the ball. It went right through yeah. his hands and hit him in the face. How's I know. That well, that's Jones's right. fault. It's the same time. I mean, look, Aaron Jones. We can't say Aaron Jones is is no good. Like you know, Aaron Jones is is very good. He's seen him make a lot of good catches. That ball was also, thrown. Also, that seen ball him twisted him a little bit. It was, it was not a great throw. I mean, it, it, was, it was in his area. It he was got... perfectly fine. No, they they dropped six passes yesterday. These are NFL players, and I think in a couple of years they probably will catch those. But here's the thing. You're in the NFL. 
It hits you in the hands. You got to catch it. I you got to catch it, Watson. It was you can't right say in his Jordan Love is faultless on that. He's got a 42-inch vertical jump. Yeah, you throw him 50-50 balls because he's supposed to be able to out-jump and out-athletic guys, and he's soft right at this point in his career. He can't do that. But he needs to learn how to do it, and the way you learn how to do it is by having those opportunities in a season that means jack shit, and that's what this season is. And that's that's why I think you challenge those guys, and if you find out they can't play in the NFL, you get rid of them, and you get somebody else in here that can. I just fundamentally disagree with that. Christian Watson's strength is not a jump ball. I don't care that he's 6'5". He doesn't have the ability to do it. That's like saying everyone who's six nine should play then, basketball. Then Not he everyone can't, does. Then He's he got can't the play in the NFL at his size and with his athletic ability. If he can't win a 50-50 ball, then you get rid of him. Because well, he's not any good. I NFL is about 50-50 balls, Dave. <laughs> in, in my line of work, if I keep saying, if I keep doing something poorly, then I get fired. If it doesn't work, right. I've got exactly. to adjust. It, it, exactly right. And he can't do this. He should get fired. Yeah, I well, I think I don't. What are you going to do? You're going to just cut. What, I mean, Indianapolis was going to give us what's his face for him. Um, yeah. we're going to we can't cut him. You know, and he's on the should, team, and, and they should have done that because yeah, yeah, Jonathan not, Taylor should be. Yes, it would be nice yeah, if and, Taylor and, was and, and not all, because they don't have any running backs, and not only um, can he not win 50-50 balls at this point in his career, that could change. But now he can't. He also can't stay on the field consistently. The guy's fragile. He and is fragile. But why yeah. wouldn't you use him in a way that he is that is his strength? Because generally speaking, in the NFL, you're not going to get clean catches very often. Well, you know? I, get, I understand you're, that. That's fine. You're, but you're, you're not going to get. That. You've got to win those. And if you don't believe that, ask ask you know, uh, Reed. You know, they, the guy was in the middle of the field alone. Yep, he had he had, he had to stop, come back. But he let a guy take the ball away from him. That's the, that shouldn't have been a 50-50 ball. He should have been able to do that. But you know what? These defensive backs are so good that just about every play is going to be contested unless you're playing against the Packers defense, which is zone, and guys are open all the time. Most teams don't do that. Well, that's, so that's what I'm saying. There's going to be contested catches. That's where it kind of shows kind of how you feel about love. And I think if you want to be a love defender – it's receiver's fault. You know, if you, if you're like, if you're skeptical of love, then none of those throws were perfect. You know, they, it could have been a little read a little bit further. It could have been to the other right shoulder. So you'd have to twist Jones around. I just feel like, you know, it's just, it's a combination of things coming together to make this team bad. <laughs> it was, it was a soft pass to, to, to Jones. Jones is a veteran. You're paying him a shit ton of money. I get and that. Any, any ball that goes directly through a guy's hands and hits him in the fucking face that is not on the quarterback. <laughs> well, if I'm going to give anyone a benefit of the doubt, I give Aaron Jones benefit of the doubt over over love. Oh, but it's man. not. I'm not saying it was all love's fault. It was a terrible throw. I'm just saying that it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it was I not a good. Aaron Jones. He's a great guy. He's a yes ma'am, yes sir kind of guy. He's a leader in the locker room. He he's seems a good like player. A, he seems like he's like a good man is what he seems like. Sure, but he's, he's like he's a, a good player. Person. But he's also fumbled in some really huge situations. Yeah, that's true. And he let a ball as a veteran. I don't care if you have to twist yourself into a corkscrew if you can get both hands on it and goes right through your mitts and hits you in the face, then that's on you baby. Well, I'm sure Aaron Jones would say the same thing, but that I, I, I have a different perspective with you because he's he's that kind of guy. He, you know, one thing, just one more quick thing before you go to the emails. The other thing I would say with Jordan Love that I think is a problem. Do you notice that he like, you know, he'll look to his right and when he throws left, he kind of does it like where 
it's sort of that no look pass. Like he does it so quickly. I'm sure that's how he's taught. Like, don't give it away. Don't get away. Right. So yeah. when you turn left, you know, you, you turn left and quickly throw it. Like you don't, I, I feel like he would benefit from, cause sometimes these guys are not double covered. Sometimes they are open and he would, he would benefit from just like, look, your look at your receiver for a second and then throw it. And I know it's the NFL. You probably can't you have a lot of time to do that. But I feel like there's a lot of times where he's kind of doing this no look or quick look kind of mm-hmm. pass. He's not mm-hmm. accurate enough to do that. So I don't know if that's part of the scheme. I would think that's also not helping him much. Well, I also don't think it helped him watching, you know, a Hall of Fame do that for three years. And he said, oh, well, that's what the position's played. Yeah. And everyone said, oh, yeah, you want to have those veterans there to show guys how it's played. Well, that's great if you've got the same talent and ability as those veterans do. I, you know, and I, I, and I also think there's a, there's a lot of Brett Favre's game and Aaron Rodgers, too. I mean, yeah. he sat and learned a lot of those those habits and like the throwing off the back foot thing that love does that Rogers did that. And guess where he learned that from, yeah. you know, you, you talk about passing it down through the generations. That's I think exactly what happens. But the thing is that Jordan love is not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Brett Favre. He can't make the throw off the back foot as beautifully and as accurately and with as much, you know, force or touch, whatever is required as those other two freaks could do. Yeah. And I, I think this is a case where it, it shows the limitations of watching how somebody else does it. If you don't have that skill set, it doesn't make it doesn't help to say, well, you know, I I saw, uh, you know, Jordy Nelson do this along the, the sidelines. Well, if you don't have that kind of b- b- uh, body control, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, it's just too bad. We didn't have three years with love to try to figure out what his strengths are. Talk on it. If only. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> the thing, the thing is, if you've got a hall of fame quarterback, you're not, and he's not going to get injured enough. You know, he missed one game because of COVID and that was it. And that was the only time we got a chance to really see what Jordan love could do. Preseason doesn't count for much. It, no, it's, it's not. It's like, it doesn't count for anything, but it doesn't count for much. I wonder, I mean, boy, three years of your life practicing does, but you think is getting is, paid millions. though, Dave. I understand, but he, he had three years of being in the building, and I mean that was his full time job. Even off season, like you had three full years to get him to a point where he's more ready than he is here. But all right, well hey, let's let's. I'm I'm not sure what your staffing is like there, okay? But you might have some young people, a couple of maybe proteges who've watched, you know, Dave do it, and one day Dave isn't going to be around, and they have to do it. It's a lot different when you're the one actually doing stuff. But, you know, yes. I I watched at close range our old boss in Madison, you know, do his thing. And then when I was the boss in my next job, I found out quickly that it's real different when those decisions are yours. Right. And you're the one that has to do it for real. You're no longer watching and observing and being critical. And when I get my chance, yeah, sure, it's – Everyone says that. Well, I'm not going to do it that way. Well, I get the chance. This is well, and then when you do get the chance, you find out that well, it's a lot more complicated than I thought it was. Fair. That's fair. That's that part is true. That that's true. Although, if I had three years with someone and said someday you're going to take this job, do it the way I do it, or do it the way I want you to do it. No, that'd be a bad way to approach it. I would be. This is the way I do it, and then you take their strengths and weaknesses and probably see that they adapt so that when they come in, they're they're hitting their 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 stride. And if they don't do well, then they get fired. That's well, but, but, but this is the advantage that you and I, you know, had in our jobs as opposed to the 
NFL, is that we could say, all right, uh, you've been watching me now for the last 18 months. Uh, I'm going to step back. I, I want to see what you can do. And then you kind of look over their shoulder and let them, you know, and let them kind of run it and learn for real. In the NFL, you know, I can say, hey, hey, Aaron, I need you to um, sit down the next couple of games. I want to see what Jordan Love has learned. So I'm going to let him play, uh, you know, game seven and eight here to see where his progress. No, you're not going to do that in, in the NFL. Well, and in, in our jobs, you- we in our jobs, we could do that. Unless you let Sean Clifford play in a fourth quarter, <laughs> which this goes well, back to Judy's comment. Judy and 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 I, I believe uh, uh, Tom also said he yeah. wasn't opposed to seeing a little bit of Sean Clifford, but it said he was concerned that it would create the impression that they've given up on love, and I don't want right. to send that message. And I and I. I think I I think that's that's correct. Hey, look. it is too bad. You know, it's like I feel like in the old days, if we were losing a lot in the fourth quarter, you'd see you know another quarterback come in. Like I feel like that is sure. taboo now. Like well, you right. just can't do that, right? But but the Packers aren't. You know, Randy Wright isn't you know on the roster anymore. And I mean, it's the expectations are so different now, um, and people have become so accustomed to a certain thing. That's why people are reacting the way they are. Yeah, is because they are they are so accustomed to being something. It's it's not like when we were Packer fans in you know 1992, and, and we have been so beaten up that you know when there was a sure they lost some games they should have won, and sure Brett Favre had some terrible ugly games, but yeah, there was reason to be encouraged, you know, because he threw that you know great touchdown pass to Kittrick Taylor, right? right. So we're all excited. Well, that ain't going to get it done anymore because Favre had a great career and Rodgers had a great career. And now we're expecting that to continue. And that is not the way this plays out for just about every other team in the NFL. Check in with the New England Patriots and see what it's like post Tom Brady. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just not. And it's going to happen to Kansas City. It can happen to all these teams when their guys get hurt or age out or whatever it happens that is that is the life cycle of the National Football League. The league is designed to have churn like that. That that's part of the business model of the NFL. That's, and I have, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so, no, I, mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, I was just going to say the first line of Tom's e- email is that uh, he figuring this week's podcast will have a heavy dose of crushing morosity. <laughs> you know what? It you is. Know, Tom? You are exactly right, my friend. You are exactly right. Yeah. He also says he doesn't think the season's uh, salvageable. Uh, the Packers would be nuts to go out uh, and bring in players. No. Uh, bring, yeah. Nobody bring any. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I, I think you could easily be a seller. Which well, when is the trade deadline this week? It's tomorrow. It's it? uh, it's yeah. uh, it's uh, well, this is we're doing this on the thirtieth. So yeah, uh, t- tomorrow is the trade uh, deadline, and you know, uh, Tom Silverstein, not Tom Freeman, Tom Silver, a different Tom. It's like oh, Packers got to go out and then they they got to get themselves some veterans. They need a a veteran wide receiver. They need a veteran tight end. They need yeah. He is he is what. I, I mean, can't. No. I can't think anyone reasonable would actually think that. Yeah, that's. I, mean, I, I think that's. I gotta say, I think that's completely stupid. Right. I mean, right. It was, it's like I. I was dumber after reading his column in the. It's, yeah, it's like it's your ship is sinking. Like, quick, throw it like a new TV on the boat, and and oh, that's sunk too. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's just. It's. It's. 
you know, he's saying, well, you know, insanity is wanting to do the same thing. Over. What do you think bringing in those guys? Uh, what are you going to get from that? You maybe win a game or two, maybe, but they're not going to know your system. They're not going to know the, they're not going to have timing with the quarterback. They're not going to, you know, all that no. stuff. It's, it would be an absolute waste to do that. And Silverstein's been covering the Packers. I think Curly Lambeau was still uh, involved with the franchise when uh, Silverstein, you know, got was a cub reporter. I mean, the guy's been around forever. He should know better than that. That's just, to me, that's just ridiculous. It's insane. Don't bother doing that. Now, what Tom Freeman says, which I don't disagree with, you know, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe you trade some guys like a John running who aren't a part of the future. Maybe you get a, I don't know, fifth or a sixth round pick for him or something like that. Or you, you lop off some of these guys who are not a part of the future. And we, you know, our, our boy, Chris, Raleigh uh, wrote to us, and um, he says that Green Bay needs to lean into a full teardown. And I got a bulletin for you, Chris. They already have, <laughs> I think. Well, and I, I, I think but I'm we, interested. I'm surprised that full. Yeah. Rasul or Campbell, even Aaron Jones. You know, that some of these guys that, given how much they like their draft picks, that they don't do that. Um, the problem is, you know having 15 draft picks next year with another undrafted free agents, there just yep. aren't enough. That's right. Yeah. That's young guys to fill because right. you know, they don't want to give up on second year right. guys, third exactly. year guys. Yeah. So you bring in 15 more, you're actually have to cut so, you know, someone that's in the first, second or third year. So you need someone to cut, um, which is, gonna, I, this is what's going to happen to you. Okay. Is that they are going to get, you know, they'll have, I don't want 15, but maybe they'll have 10 or 12 picks and they'll wind up, you know, Lopping off that that's that that uh, Toure kind of player, right? You know. Yeah. And now Devora. he's had a couple of years. Yeah. And he's had a couple of years to learn the NFL. They catch on someplace, and guess what? They're a useful piece someplace yeah. else. And well, Oren Burks on a, is you know. playing for San Francisco. I saw, and uh... <laughs> unbelievable. See, unbelievable. <laughs> and that's the best defense. I think it's the best defense in the NFL. At least it's among the best defenses. And, you know, but that's the kind of thing that happens. You know, you've seen it again, Major League Baseball all the time. You know, guy doesn't work out someplace. He's a rookie, highly regarded. He plays four years. He's batting 223. They get rid of him. He catches on someplace, different situation. And the guy now is hitting 265 and he's an everyday player, you know, playing in the World Series or some kind of stuff like that. So that's a risk that you take. I really think, Chris Raleigh, I, I do think that they're pretty much in full teardown mode right now. Um, I keep Douglas because I, I really, I thought for a long time he was a leader on the team because this guy knows what's going on. And this little bit, I don't know if you read this in the paper, Dave, after the game against the Vikings, players were coming over to him, um, offensive and defensive players, to talk to him about the game and about where they are. What do you know? Yeah. Imagine they're all rookies. Who do they go to then? You know, I mean, it's. I think there's certain guys, but I don't think Campbell's one of those guys. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Jair doesn't seem like it. No, I mean Jair. I, I think he's damaged goods. I don't think you're going to be able to get a lot for him. Big contract, and he's that shoulder injury ruined him. If not physically, I think it ruined him mentally Maybe. because he's he 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 was a willing tackler before. You know, he he was supporting the run, you know, when he busted up his shoulder yeah. and he's not the same guy now. And I'm, I'm not sure, sure we'll hear he's injured. Him. He's been playing with an injury all year. What a hero. You know, that's that's what we're going to hear at the end of the season. We're going to hear he's been playing with an injury since, you know, it never really healed fully. Yeah, right. you know, and, and that's the kind of deal 
that we're going to find out. And but that's another one too. You know, big contract, and you know, you you thought you were getting one thing, and that's not what you got. You know, and he was. I I still think he's he's a good you know cover corner, but he's he's not just a guy, but he's not. He's not the player that he was. Yeah, it's something has happened. It could be very well that he's kind of done the calculus of this team isn't going anywhere. Do I want to throw myself into it and hurt my my shoulder again? Um, I don't know how that makes your um, coverage worse, but it could you could be less physical, and that might that was a big part of his game. So yeah. um, it might well, be that he's the same, but it's not the same attitude. I, human nature does play into this. Yeah, and it could but, also be that you know he maybe isn't really thrilled with the uh, with with the boss, right? You yeah, know, that's true. Yep, they may have given up on Barry. There's, I guess, there were some rumors about that, but yeah. I never know what to. You know, that's sometimes I'd like to start that rumor. Hey, I hear I've got an unnamed source that that team has quit <laughs> on Barry. I'd love to. <laughs> hey, we've got to do the betting lines. Can we? Well, uh, well, okay, just a couple because people were nice, nice enough to write to us. So I, I want to do some quick hitters here with this. Um, Chris asks our impressions on on the extension for Gary. What do you think? You know, I, as much as I feel like, you know, you got to lean into the reset, you do need to have some core players and having an outside rusher is, is one of those building blocks that you have to have. I think if he's a really quality guy in the locker room, I I guess, uh, although I would have said that about Bakhtiari and Alexander and everything else, Jones, I'm sure we said, you know, got to keep Jones, got to keep Jones. He's so good. And, you know, it's been injuries ever since. Um, yeah, I I think it seems like if you sign nobody, you let Gary walk, then you're going to have to replace that guy. Like even in the rebuild, if you get a good quarterback next year, let's say, um, you'd have that be a spot you potentially have to spend a first round pick with. So I, I don't know what value they got. I don't know if he's now the highest paid defensive end. I don't think he's the best defensive end in the game. So I'm sure he's being paid a lot. Um, and I think he's regressed, but with a better coach, you know, he might be a real good player. So I guess I'm glad they don't have that as another hole to fill next year. Um, and, and he's a young enough player too. I, yeah. I, I know it's been really trendy for people to say, ah, you know, trade him because he's, you know, he's not going to be around or effective uh, by the time they, they compete again. And besides he's really expensive. Well, he's a young enough guy um, who right now at this point is really their only really proven disruptive pass rusher. And Van Ness may or may not be that guy. And because they don't know that, I think they were right to give him a second contract. Um, I think that's that was the move that they that they had to make at this point. They've seen enough of him that he's, you know, that he really worked hard to get back as fast as he did. And he's been effective. He seems like he's the kind of guy that you want to keep around, even if he did go to Michigan, you know. So um, <laughs> yeah. and so. We will move on to the betting lines because we've gone long here. Uh, Brad Elliott also wrote to us. I think we've covered, Brad, a lot of the things that you have mentioned. But I will come back to one thing he says during pop culture. So, Brad, we we, we will get to your comment uh, on pop culture. So, anyway, betting lines. I'm going to try and speed through this. First of all, the week before uh, that we uh, didn't get the results, Bill and Delafield won with six correct uh, he picked John Elway leading the Broncos to Super Bowl victory, uh, Super Bowl 32. Uh, didn't even need to need the tiebreaker. We had two tied for Kevin Becker. All set six. So Bill and Delafield 
if you haven't been spending the week at the Packers therapy hotel and casino, um, consider yourself probably fortunate, but um, we'll just assume you've been there and uh, might contact you does, this week. Does, does Bill's last name begin with an L? Uh, his last name is in Delafield. That's oh, uh, oh, all right. Well, because I know a Bill who did live in Delafield. He's moved to Appleton, and I thought maybe he was playing the betting lines. Okay. Uh, Doesn't say. He, he was guy I room with in London when I was a student. So anyway, that, I, right. I, don't, I don't know if, if, if that's the same guy. Okay, sorry. Bill Please. in Delafield is yeah, uh, right. his name. Okay. And then uh, I'll go through week eight really quickly. We had five people that got six correct this wow. week. We had to go to the tiebreaker. Thank goodness we have it. Yep. I won't go through everyone because of the time, but I'll mention a couple. Uh, leading receiver, everyone got that wrong. It was Jaden Reed. Everyone had somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we I asked about uh, who would have more touches, uh, Wicks, Sims, Wilson, or Torre, and it Wilson, was Wicks. Wilson, I think, was active. He was probably look. He could have been a healthy scratch because I didn't yeah. see him at all. Yeah. Asked about a trick play, and uh, Mike said there was no trick play that I. Okay. All right. And then I I guess I should maybe apologize. The uh, question I asked of who who will get hurt first. Some people don't like that question. Now, in my defense, I'm not asking for a death pool here. You know, I'm, I'm not going that far. <laughs> I thought I, it was a good question, Dave. Well, and uh, the reason is every when I try and pick these questions, I try to think of what's the trend, you know, from previous week or, you know, what's what's going on. And last exactly. week we had yep. so many injuries that uh, not that I want people to cheer for it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but Mike did give an answer. He said what was funny and maybe we should keep doing this is by having this question. No one got hurt. Which hey, is amazing. Perfect. Now yeah. he said Jonathan Owens. I guess what do we call him? Um, uh, Dis- SPH. I think, I think I think we we call him disposable. Yeah. So Simone Biles' husband, though it's SPH. I think um, he got stitches, so he is uh, counted he's, as the he, one that got injured. He's a snitch. Because <laughs> they get stitches. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the winner this week was Samir. Got six hey. correct. Samir, you uh, use your tiebreaker. With 23 points, you are the winner this week. And just to go to the comments real quick, uh, Kevin Parsono. Yeah. No. Uh, yes. Says, Make this comment. He's a Twitter guy. Yeah. If you if this is a roller coaster season, it implies the first game was our highest point, and it, it got to go back up again at some point. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just car ride with the Tunes, the cat who would drive. I think I, I, you get the gist there. That's uh, beautiful. Okay. So it's, it's, it's not a roller coaster. It's just a one way ride into hell. Kevin's um, a good man. There's no doubt about it. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Rusty says he's riding the Don in Wicks train until the Packers come to their senses, which I think uh, is all good. Rusty's and, a keen uh, observer of the team. He is. He is. And uh, a few people said no more injury questions. So we will not ask that question. Again. We'll retire it forever. All right, then I there's a lot of things to be offended in this world. I don't need to be contributing to that. So uh, are you ready for the betting lines this? Oh, uh, yeah. What the hell? Just one more. Congratulations to Samir. I hope you enjoy your week in the hotel and casino week nine versus Rams. Number one, Chris Jordan loves quarterback rating. Yeah, I Okay, it was 72 this past week, and there was an interception that should not have counted in his stat line, but it does. Uh, I wonder what it would have been without the interception. Um, probably would have been closer to upper 80s, I would guess. But anyway, well, it's not. It, 
That's not great. <laughs> Let, let's put it that way. Not great, Dave. Not great. No. Um, but I think I'm probably going to go that way. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 86. 86. All right. 86. That's a good line. I 72. That I don't. Yeah, I think he's better than that. All right. I'm going to take the under. Since you said that, I'm going to take the under. Uh, number two. Once again, who will be the leading receiver? I find this fascinating this because is, this it really could yeah. be one out of ten guys, I feel it, like. It absolutely could be. You know, Musgrave only got a couple of catches, but for a solid nine yards, so with those two catches. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I think um, uh, so Mike is see, going by yards. Okay, that, that's than, what I was, was going to ask you is number of receptions. Because the number of receptions was Dylan this past week. He had five right. catches. Wow. So uh, but only for 41 yards, but still, you know, uh, so in terms of the yardage, it's going to be somebody going downfield. And because I've just gotten done kind of being critical of Watson, I'm going to say Watson. <laughs> yeah, that makes I'm going to say Watson. Um, do we do I do I have a yardage for him or do no, I, we'll just say okay. player. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to do kind of a I'll say Wicks. I'm just going right. to go with uh, with that player. Um, number three, combined tackles for Devonta Campbell and Quay Walker. Ooh, uh, together, God. they had 24 tackles. I'm just going to say, that's going to be a big number. Yeah, 24 um, is what they had last week. You know, Quake, Quake plays, he's playing hard. Um, he, he, I And, you know, Campbell's back. He, I, he had the high ankle sprain, but he's, you know, he was, you know, working his way back. 24 is a lot, though. Oof. Um, but I could, I'm going to say 19 and a half. 19 and a half. I'll take the over. That one now with Campbell's return, you'd say, "Oh, you know what? Hey, that makes sense. He could be the captain, let Quay Walker run, and all that." I did not see the defense play appreciably better than the previous weeks. Now I think you know no. Cousins had a, up to the point where he got hurt, which uh, um, I'm not happy he got hurt. I'm actually kind of sad after watching that Netflix special and saw him cheering as he's going off on the cart. Like I don't know, I'm coming around to Kirk Cousins a little bit. I don't know what's going on in my yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. I am too. I, I. I think I was unnecessarily dismissive, and for all the people that said, "Well, you know, the the ceiling for Jordan Love is Kurt Cousins." Yes, please give me that. I'll yeah. I'll take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, for sure. So it's too bad. I I almost feel bad for Minnesota fans. Uh, I don't think their season was going anywhere, but um, I don't feel bad. They had have been somewhat competitive. And now I think their season's over just like ours. So yeah. at least they got four wins. So them trying to get the number one quarterback, they're going to have uh, ways to go to tank yep. to catch us. Um, number four, uh, total touches for Aaron Jones. <sighs> at some point, they, at some point they got to take the leash off that guy, you know, I know what are they waiting for? You know, I, I it's, I would think now that it's a couple games back, I, the rust has got to be off him in some way. Now, he did have what, 11 touches this right. time around. So that's, I mean, that's not nothing, but he's, he's got to be gotta 20 be, or above. Like It's it's got to be, yeah. Uh, but I don't think they'll do that just because part of it is they're going to play from behind. They're not that good. And, you know, who cares now, though? But I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, well, you you know, the situational, I don't know. We really can't run. We got to pass the ball on field because we're, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say there'd be more 18 and a half. I'm going to put, Oh, that's too high. I'll take the under Okay. on that. Um, uh, I don't know who's going to play for the Rams. So I'm going to say uh quarterback. So what the quarterback that ha- makes the most throws, what will his quarterback rating be? Yeah. Uh, Stafford's out as I understand it. He is out. 
yeah, officially. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, this could he's be got a super. He he needs these Super Bowl. He's got his ring. It you know okay. Yeah. Um. So, God. Um. The rating for whom whomever has the most attempts, right? Is that what yeah. we're going to yeah, say? say that, okay. Right. And boy, of course, though the Packers play so damn soft. There could be a lot of pitch and catch, kind of you know easy, you know eight yards here, you yep. know twelve yards there. They got uh, good receivers. I think Cup yeah. is playing and this new yeah, guy. I know. Yep. You know, so I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say that passer rings could be better than Jordan Love. Um, I'm gonna put it at ninety two and a half. Mm. Mm, I'll take the under. I'm a if it's under ninety-two, if it's ninety, if it's under ninety-two, I think Packers might win. Oh, and that's let's not get crazy. Okay, uh, <laughs> number six, uh, Aaron Donald sacks. Now, I, oh, I, I forgot about him. Yeah, I think God. he's playing, and uh, I don't know his. I haven't heard seen much of him, but I haven't been watching much highlights either because you know Packers suck, and so I don't watch yeah. highlight shows anymore. But yeah. I think he's playing, and he had a sack last week. How many sacks yeah. will you give Aaron Donald? Uh, love sack four times this past week. I'm assuming that uh, Rashid Walker's not going to play, so that'll help a little. I would not bit, assume that. Why would you assume that? Well, because they made the change um, and they uh, took him out of the game and put Yash in there. So I'm assuming that's a changing of the guard or changing of the tackle in this case. Uh, but the rest of their line kind of sucks and. Aaron Donald plays in the middle um, of the line, as I recall, and the Packers have problems um, at center. So I'm going to put Aaron Donald down I'll for take one the and a half. Oh, sorry. What's your thing? <laughs> one and a half. One and a half. All right, I'll take the over. Okay. Um, although getting two sacks is 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 not as easy as it, but okay, I'll give. Wise I'll, guy. <laughs> um, number seven. Uh, who will have the longest single reception? Uh, so Jaden Reed had 34 yards. I know. I know. I just, you know, I think there are options, you know, Wicks and Reed are options. Even, even Dobbs is an option, but I'm 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 going to change my question. I want to change. It's too similar to number two. Yes, it is. I I was going to say Watson again. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say in yards, what, how long will the longest reception be in yards? Okay. Good. And then, and that's way I can set an over under yeah, that, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, longer reception this past week, 34. Um, they got a pretty good pass rush. They have, you know, decent um, defenders. Uh, I'm actually going to be um, fairly modest on this one. I'm going to say the longest reception will be 29 and a half. 29 and a half. Okay. Uh, I, I just, because I don't know, I'll take the over it. That's, you gotta have one 30 yard something. Really? Uh, really? Do you I, have I would, to really? You know, uh, you, know. you know, what's going to happen, you know, hell, uh, Watson will break loose in the clear and guess what? The ball's right. Oh, right through his hands, 50 well, yards down the field. But as we've seen, it could go off of Watson's hand into oh, Dobbs. That's, hands. that's so. okay. Now that's fair. Yeah. That's no, I, I did not take that into account, but I'm gonna stick with 29 and a half because you know, there's, yeah, I just, I, they throw a lot underneath. Um, and those few chances they get to go downfield, 
that just isn't in his DNA. It's not in Love's DNA at this time. And even when it is, his guys can't catch it. So if I asked you the longest reception that Musgrave catches, what would you put the over under on that one? Uh, is, is, is this an actual question? No. I just, okay. Uh, I, would, I, I, would say say, I would say like like seven and a half. You know, <laughs> yeah, probably. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, seven and a half. Uh, will a receiver be handed, be given a rushing attempt? Yes or no? Yes. You think yes? Yes. Uh, I will say, uh, I'm going to say yes on that as well. I think it's, I, I keep thinking they're going to pull out some tricks here because the season's. We haven't full. seen Watson yet, right? On that end around. I we don't recall. I don't and recall. This, so it's, it's going to have to happen at some time. At seven, three, fours. Will a defensive back safety or corner uh, get a sack? Will they actually, you know, do a corner or some kind of safety blitz? The, the Packer. Not the uh, safety blitz from the yes, Rams. The Packer, a Packer defensive back. Well, you know, you remember the first play of the preseason. Do you have any recollection of that at all? Or is it too, uh, I don't too far back? know. Yeah. Well, Nixon, you know, uh, was disruptive, came he is like a slot. Oh, uh, I guess you I know? do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I was like, hey, I like this defense, you know. Yeah. Um, it's gone. So, so why not? You know, it's about time that a defensive back. I think they did try to. To blitz uh, Simone Biles' husband, I think. No, oh, well, game. and uh, didn't well, get home. He, so no, he did not get home. He he was picked up immediately. But I think they they did try that. And they may be more aggressive with the back of quarterback. Um, plus, again, I I think well, I'll when say no. Gonna, Dave, when are they going to activate Simone Biles? She's the best athlete that's Packer adjacent. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah. I would uh, imagine and on fourth and one on the goal. Give her the ball and she let can her jump right over. Yeah. If you I mean, can somehow get her the ball as she's triple lutzing in the air, like, you know, there's no one's going to stop her. Uh, you know, you know, she, this woman, this is, she's an athlete. Yeah. You know, she could go at what is she like five two? she could win some of those 50, uh, 50 matchups. She's got heart. She's well, tough. Yeah. I, yeah. There's got, there's gotta be some way to use that. Um, and seven, seven days. Who's going to start left tackle. Uh, I'm going to, I'm gonna say Yash. You're gonna say Yash. All right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, Wall, Wall, Walker, not Wallace Walker. What about Ken Rutgers? You, th- you think he could uh, maybe make a start left tackle? Yeah, uh, that's uh, better than Wa- Walker. Um, let's just call him Wallace. I don't care. I don't care. He doesn't. <laughs> it, he's not good enough to be a Walker at this point. I'm not sure we're gonna have to worry about it because no. he does not impress me. But again, young players, you just don't know. Let's call him a sheet crawler because he can't. It's not good enough to be a walker. Uh, (laughs) That is beautiful, man. (laughs) All right. And then tiebreaker total points for the Packers. Let me write down my. uh, Why do you do this to me? uh, What? Oh, God. They had 10 points. uh, The thing is, can they break 20? I don't think so. (laughs) I'm I'm going to I'm going to go. Is this an over or under? No, just pick a pick. 17. All right. I picked 13. All right. If you'd like to play the betting lines with all your friends, uh, email Mike Miller or submit it as usual to mitnomiller at gmail.com. That's M-I-T-N-O-M-I-L-L-E-R at gmail.com. Hope you play. I'd like to get it up to 40 players this week if we could, because we can't have you lose interest in the betting lines. Like that's you can. You can be upset about the Packers, but you can't be upset about Packers therapy. You need to show your support, play the betting lines, and we'll get to pop culture here 
But do you want to mention you you know what what a book? Offer? No, I don't. I I don't. We did that last week a long time. We're not doing I, that anymore. We're, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about Jerry Kramer's run to win book. Is no. it because and, it's too good? Well, no, because if I would like to see Jerry Kramer come out and play right guard, I think he would be an upgrade over John Runyon Jr. at yep. this point in his life. I, I know he's in his 80s. I don't care. I think that's the guy. Run to win. Jerry Kramer book. You go to the Triumph Books website. You put down Packers stock. You get a 25% discount, and you learn about you know a great, an all-time great, not just Packer player, but an all-time great. NFL player. Now, you had an interesting observation, though, about um, people um, losing interest. Um, they don't lose interest if your team is supposed to be good and they're bad. The, pe- the people hang-, hang in there because they're angry. Right. But when they're bad and they're playing Expectly bad. bad and they're yeah, bad. yeah. And I think that's an interesting observation. And I, you know, because we, we look at how many people play the betting lines. The number was down this week. And we're wondering if people are just kind of like, you know, melting away a little bit, you know. It could uh, be us. Well, I, I think that's a very good possibility. Why not? <laughs> Why wouldn't it be, you know? Right, right. <laughs> Why point the finger to somebody else? Yeah, exactly. Let's, right let's right floor. We need to do better. It's on us. I need to, I need to. Well, we tried to up our game this week a little bit more. We 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 were a little bit of the fire that we had, like the early days. We used to argue quite a bit. We used to argue, days. and we, I mean, you know, once in a while we still do. You know, we're not we're not the same person. You know, I would like to <laughs> yeah. I'd like to consider us friends. I know you don't, but I'd like to consider <laughs> yeah, us friends. That's right. I find you know? that offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. So, but that's okay because I, you know, I'm a big heart, and I, I'm I'm willing to hang in there even though you abuse me, and uh, we've, and we've <laughs> yeah. been in counseling, and I, you know, but so yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and this is an email from uh, our man Brad Elliott, who I believe is uh, is an architect. Uh, which is not that different from an engineer, although I'm sure he's probably just blanching now when I say that. But he also loved Patriot. Now, that mm. was the the show uh, Amazon Prime. Um, it's uh, 18. There's 18 installments, 18 episodes. And I talked about it last week or two weeks ago in pop culture. Well, it turns out. Brad also liked this. He says it's really disappointing that Amazon did not get uh, to show us the third and final season. I didn't know there was a third season planned, but it was left kind of hanging. I heard an interview with the guy that uh, created the show. He said that in the case of Amazon Prime, they're very tight-lipped. They won't tell you a lot about the people watching the show. But in this particular case, and I want I want to make this point because if people tune in Patriot, this is maybe apparently where a lot of people um, lost interest um, in the show. Anyway, apparently what happened, and this is what uh, Brad is relating to to us here, uh, the initial take rate for the show was very good. People were watching the show until they got to the scene, it's a particular scene in a bar, in an early episode, and I think I mentioned um, this guy is uh, an intelligence officer who's He's not down with all the things he has to do, which includes, you know, sometimes killing people. And he becomes extremely depressed along the way. And one of the ways he deals with this is he's a musician and a folk singer, and he does an open mic night. And, you know, he's 
making up a song that is exactly autobiographical of the kind of stuff he's been doing um, as a, you know, uh, as an espionage guy. So the scene in the bar, he starts to sing about his job as an assassin. And at that point, a significant minority of viewers turned off and never watched the show again. Almost everybody who got through that song watched to the end of the series. And that, and that was me. That was Brad. But my older son, the one who watched the Packers with me, I said, hey, you got to watch this show. And he didn't. And I'm going to ask him if that's where he tuned out, because apparently that's where they lost a lot of people. And it wasn't to me, it was kind of funny, you know, because we've already seen the stuff that he's done. And now he goes to this open mic night. He's got his acoustic guitar and he's singing about, you know, just exactly what he did. So anyway, uh, I thought that was a good observation. And he also wants to know why I don't know Kirkwood Smith and Terry O'Quinn. Now, these are two of the major players in the show Patriot on Amazon. And I want to tell you, Brad, I knew their faces when I saw them. I went to IMDb and I looked at their, you know, the stuff that they had been in. And it, they weren't major players in things that I had seen. So I didn't know them by name, and I couldn't think of anything that they were in. But they have both have long acting credits, and they're both great in this particular series. I would also point out to Brad and everybody else who did watch Patriot, there's an eight-part podcast uh, that's called um, – there's the name of an engineering book that's features in the series. They have named a podcast series, eight-part podcast series, the name of this um, uh, book, uh, this structural – uh, variables of flow, I believe it's called. So if you watch the show, if you like the show, and if you like Kirkwood Smith, he also narrates this. It is quite wry. I don't want to say it's laugh out loud, I'm going to piss my pants funny, but it is it is wry, and I would recommend that as well. So thank you, uh, Brad, for being in touch. And he also did, he commented that he lives in Denver. I thought he was, for some reason, I thought he was in Kansas City, but apparently... Um, Brad is in Colorado, and it makes me think of, uh, you know, one of our of our listeners, a pastor there with a homeless ministry. Um, I'm wondering if, if Brad is a part of that homeless ministry, you know? Hmm. I mean, things are, things are tough in the architectural business, and maybe it's not going great. And if, if that's the case, or if you're looking for some accommodations, Brad, we can hook you up with Pastor Logan. Well, maybe he should be, help build some new homes, because uh, housing shortage of... Well, existing home that, sales that that would be great, but I would imagine they probably have foreclosed on his drafting tables, and he's not able to do it. So, oh, um, that's uh, that's true. That, that's it. So, what do you have, Dave? Uh, I don't have. I was not prepared for pop culture. I am starting to watch uh, the second season of a Marvel show on Disney Plus called Loki, and uh, I think I'm about ready to turn in my Marvel TV watching card. I I can't. I, I think I only put the Packers as. What I'm watching a screen, but watching my watch, trying to find out how quickly it's over, <laughs> oh, uh, quicker than Loki. Uh, it makes really no sense to me. Um, not only is it dumb and stupid, but it's also confusing. That's a really bad combination. That's a bad combo. And that Loki is the same way. <laughs> Get it? Oh boy. Oh. Um, see what I did? Um, <laughs> the uh, so anyway, that's what I'm. That's my latest. But I I don't even know if I'll stick with it. So I need to kind of get my pop culture game uh, amped up. I've been traveling quite a bit. Well, yes, you have. And I think uh, you're a man who needs his beauty rest because you do travel a lot. And me, I pretty much travel, you know, from my 
home office uh, to the kitchen. That's pretty much right. <laughs> yeah, pretty well, much right. Bad traveling. Yeah, yeah. It's my yeah, favorite right. office is my home. Exactly right. Well, Packers uh, lose again. Drop to two and five. They're within. Um, they're within a uh, an errant Jordan Love pass from the first pick in the draft. So there's that uh, to pay attention to. They lose 24-10, just like the Badgers lost to Ohio State. It was a great weekend for Wisconsin football fans. But you know what? I think I'm going to watch the game anyway. Next Sunday, noon, Lambeau Field time. Packers, Rams, Chris and Dave will be watching. Chris and Dave will be back next week. Uh, to argue about it once more. And until that time, I'm Chris. I'm Dave. And that's Packers there. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.